Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give them life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap. So I had to break it down The whole network, man, we coming for the crown Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One this is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com. Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day. And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio. Uh, this is Kenny Omega. We're listening to One Nation Radio. Check it out, guys. These guys know what's up. Big Kenny Omega fans. That's all it counts to me. Goodbye and good night. Bang. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd, and here with me I have Rich Lotta. What's going on, man? chilling man just um you know been playing call of duty all weekend the the beta and shooting people and getting shot and you know um watching a lot of people scramble on twitter and um just you know same old but uh there was g1 this weekend and um there was uh you know i i I had a fun weekend so uh what's up with you man um not too much uh i I went to shine last night. Yeah. Yeah. And then like you asked me if I was going the last second. I was like, I don't know how you thought I was going, but I am not. Uh, <laughs> like I am still shooketh of, of the vid. Um, I, well, how many times have I seen you since, uh, since the pandemic, like three times in person? Like, yeah. Probably like three, maybe yeah. four at the most. Yeah. Guess how much I've seen all my other friends. Um, I don't know. Less than that. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, but anyway, uh, yeah, man, I um, I caught up on uh, Stardom. I ended up cramming uh, in three shows, and uh, I'm sleep-deprived, but, like, what else is new? Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, 
I I am staying away from G1 for now. Uh, Rich actually watched night one of the G1. He'll give you uh, his thoughts on it um, later in the show. I will then pull off my headphones and then like just be out on the, uh, up for that segment. That's Rich's segment. Like Rich Rich's G1 segment will, or will be very similar to my stardom segment. I said I, I said I had absolutely nothing to add to his G1 segment. Um, I'll, I'll start watching G1 once uh, the Grand Prix is done on Saturday. Um, like I just don't want to. too much wrestling. Like I still. Even finish uh, when we do Thursday's midweek show, when we preview um, this weekend with um, Extreme Rules and with uh, the Grand Prix final, I'll have to watch three more shows to uh, by the time um, to catch up to it because the third show uh, or the last, the penultimate show is on, I believe, Wednesday. So, yeah. yeah um, but yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, I guess let's get to it. Like, there's a lot of stuff uh, that happened in the world of wrestling. Um, some stuff we actually missed, like last week during the show, um, we, we do, you know, before the, this, we do, a, when we do a call before we do the show, we talk about what's going to be on the show and we mentioned Big E being the, becoming WWE champion and it slipped our minds. I don't know why, but it slipped our minds out of everything else. But, uh, yeah, I guess that's where we start. Um, Big E is the world champion or the WWE champion. Um, very happy for him. Uh, Quite frankly, like it's something that probably should have happened a while ago. It's something that we clamor for, wondering like why isn't this happening? Uh, me and Rich for years have talked about how the new day and the kind of merch uh, machines they've been for years. And if anybody else would move merch like them, one of them three been world would have been a world champion, WWE champion. It happened with Kofi, uh, mostly because of the circumstances of the uh, the gauntlet he was in. He got super hot, and Daniel Bryan was with it. Um, but Biggie was somebody we thought like had legs as being someone that could fit the mold of what. This man has wanted out of his champions. He's a big, he's a big, gigantic person, wide as hell. The height might be an issue for him, but like he has charisma. He has the talk. He has the weird haircut. He has the the larger than life uh, personality. Just something that he was, he should have, that we thought he was, he was almost like something that could have happened for him years ago, and we thought maybe it was it passed him. So I'm happy that it happened. Um, and I, I wonder where this goes. Like I, you know. I'm going to check out the uh, Raw um, probably tomorrow to see what happened with the uh, the the New Day versus the Usos and Roman and that triple threat match that they're going to do or they turned it into a Roman and Big E and Lashley later. But I had for the dude. Um, they're like, this is like, you know, this and Bianca are like the two like best shining rays or any rays I hope in the company of the, uh, this year, to be quite honest with you. So, um, I'm more like to say is I'm happy for him. Uh, what are your thoughts on it, Rich? Yeah, man. Um, I figured, uh, I remember saying, uh, the night that he won the money in the bank, I figured that he would win it. Um, I didn't think this was a situation where they would embarrass him or take it off of him like an Otis or someone like that. Um, I think the cash in the execution absolutely sucked, um, you know, rolling up on the the baby face and Bobby Lashley as far as uh, or excuse me, as a baby face on Bobby Lashley while he's injured with the bad leg. Um, I would have preferred him, him <clears throat> to call out, you know, in advance for a match, but uh, they are in hot shot city right now. So uh, almost anything is on the table right now. Personally, I'm very happy for Big E to actually win the title. Um, I think the execution of it could have been better. Um, I 
think they still are protecting Lashley to to a degree. They have a lot to show me with Big E because just a couple months ago he was on the pre-show or last month um, at SummerSlam. And I don't know what necessarily has changed about his booking except that he has the the title at this point. Um, I am thinking... I've, I've never moved off the point that he needs to change something about himself. And I think a lot of people are taking a victory lap saying he didn't have to change in order to win the title. But I want to remind people that titles are fake. Um, the <laughs> like, like, I think the status is more important than the title. Are you a top star? Are you someone that's going to endure like at the top level? Because Big E largely as a single is untested. Um, uh, as a tag team, he's an all-time tag team wrestler in that company, and I think you know they've got to have opponents lined up for him. Uh, it's happening in football season, so that never really inspires confidence because they, you know, how they get down with what they try to roll out there because they're just trying to buy time to get to Royal Rumble season. It seems like most times. Um, I hope that he has a phenomenal rain and blows all of my concerns out of the water, but they got me with the Kofi Kingston one. They're not going to get me again. I'm keeping them at arm's length. And like I said, personally happy for biggie couldn't happen to a better guy. Love pouring out from all corners of the wrestling community. Um, and I think that he is someone that is a, uh, you know, if, if you are thinking about, um, a success story in WWE. It's Big E. He could have been a world champion in 2016, honestly. Um, it sucks that they had to wait until he was 35 years old. And if I sound like I'm bringing a lot of this stuff up right now when I should just be in pure jubilation celebration mode, this is what they've done. Like, I'm, I'm making sure no one forgets. Like, it didn't have to be this way, it could have been earlier. Um, so I think that Big E, like, build the show around him. Really give him give him a shot as a top star and see, uh, because he is short, like you mentioned, James. And well, the, when I say short, I mean like, are you are you shorter than Vince McMahon? Because that's what that's what short <clears throat> is. Like, if you if you are below six foot one, he thinks of you as short. Yeah. So. Um, it's going to depend on the heels they got lined up. They've got Lashley sitting there, but there's Goldberg lurking around. There's Saudi Arabia. There's a lot of factors, and there's like a Survivor Series that they're going to have to figure out coming soon. So, um, I don't know, man. I I personally would have liked more, um, you know, in the lead into him getting actually heat him up before he wins. Um, but you know. Yeah, that's what they do. Yeah, I'm with you. Like, I saw a bunch of people saying that. Well, there are many people that were complaining about um, it not being long form storytelling. For me, it's like it's raw. I don't give a fuck about uh, long form storytelling on raw. Just have it be something that no one gives a fuck about. Um, <laughs> and then the people that that saw that were playing, were replying, saying like, "Well, he has been feuding with Roman and annoying Roman and been around Roman." I was like, 
Wait, so your defense then, is that he was annoying the champion on 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 the A show and decided to leave and go to the B show as opposed to like challenging for the A show, a show title? That doesn't make that, much sense. That makes like, no sense. That makes no sense to me. But I'm also with y'all on the part where it's like, who gives a fuck about long form storytelling? Raw fucking sucks. Save it with anything. So um, I, I was in, I was in, in a in a in you know in the middle, typically like usual, I guess, when it comes to like the discourse going on, you know, far on, on the and, uh, oppositeness of the spectrum but um i want to double back to something and you said this before um so when you say that like big e needs to change something to make it work do you think that big e actually needs to change something or do you think that like he needs to change something so that vince won't pull the plug on it um i think a little bit of both um because i just feel like he's been set in a role for so long as not a top star, like just flipping the switch, like is like, unless you're like, uh, like, like he's been in the new day since 2014, largely being yeah. the same character, making the same overall contribution to the show. If mm-hmm. that's on top of the show, I'm sorry. I don't want to see that as the, as the main eventer. Like, like I need another layer. I need like, you know, the passion I need, mm-hmm. like something like, and mm-hmm. you know, there's always a threat of Vince pulling the plug on shit. Like look right. what he did to Bianca. Like, right. so <laughs> like everything could be going well. It don't, it don't fucking matter. Like, right. I just, I just, for me, I'm wondering, like, I think that big E, if he were in any other promotion, wouldn't have to change nothing. It would just be on top. And hmm. like obviously it would be able to show more of his personality. They would they would take tra- take more care and and protect him as a baby face. But this is a heat company, so it's like even if they didn't, I feel like almost if they did make him angry, Big E like vengeful Big E after after something happens to like one of the, uh, one of his uh, boys in New Day. Like I think I think that that he will still be uh, at risk of getting screwed with because Vince is just like. Vince at this point, like Vince, right. like Vince can fuck up a cup of coffee. We talk about it all the time. Like it, it, like I almost feel like, like I know what I know what Tony Khan would do with him. Like I know what Rossi O'Gal would do with him. I know what Gato before uh, before the pandemic would have done with him. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I know what MLW. I, I mean I know what um, MLW would have done with him. I know what Ring Honor would have done with him. I know what like uh, NWA would have done with. Him. I know what Impact would have done with him. It's just there's one fucking product. One booker in particular that can't remember what the fuck he did the week before is the only one that will fuck this up. So it's like, I kind of think like you're. So I was wondering like if you felt like he needs to change for the sake of a, appealing more towards Vince, who ultimately is the only person that matters because he'll fucking he'll he'll he'll, he'll change it, or do you think he needs to change it for the actual audience that already buys in and believes in him to at least some degree? So that's what I was wondering. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, um, I I think that he's got a unique opportunity to maybe prove something to someone that is skeptical. Like maybe he doesn't have to change anything. It would be uh, against like a It'd lot of history. It, it would be against a lot of history yeah. that, that shows that like, hey, there needs to be some type of transition. Like we can we can talk about you know 
I can pull up Kenny Omega in New Japan and talk about what Kenny Omega was, before, you know, as a junior heavyweight and then mm-hmm. as a, a intercontinental champion and right. then what he was as the IWGP champion, per yeah. se. Like, those are all different kind of people. But Agreed. Big E, I, I don't know. And I don't trust the booking around him to to bring that out. Um, so I think it's up to him. Like he's gonna have to show us. And you know, I believe in him. Like yeah. I, I think he can do it. Like if there was the if the challenges, we, like that, hey, you you need to show something else. I think he can show something else. Right. But I don't, I'm concerned that he doesn't want to. Mm, mm. And, and that's kind of the thing. Like I don't know anyone that's doubting that dude. If you give him the opportunity to, to like to say everything with his full chest and like. It wouldn't work because, like, we've seen it for six fucking seven fucking years already. To mm-hmm. uh, you know, at a certain level, to like, I, I, you know, I think you know, you're right. So, um, you're right to that extent. Like, maybe, maybe he might be something to say. I'm going to just be, you know, what I've been, and that's enough. Like, but I, I think, I think he has a, I think he has levels, and I think he, I think he'll rise to the occasion. But it, it, like it says, it comes down to what the fuck that crazy guy is going to do. So. Um, but yeah, like happy and you know, I'm interested to see these matches. I can't wait for Drew McIntyre, him and have Drew McIntyre to have a match. That's gonna be fucking fun. That's gonna be fun whenever they do do it. Um, like Ooh, if he can hold the belt boys. that long, yeah, if he can hold on to the belt, like that, I'm telling you, like that Lashley, that um, that McIntyre and that Roman Reigns combination, if he can get the Survivor Series, like that's gonna be fun. Like at least the match will be fun. Like who knows what they come up with? They might have him do an obstacle course like he had Bianca do an obstacle. course obstacle course but either but either way like keep the big him, matches will big match and it'll be fun keep him away from jackson Riker. keep him gender. away from gender keep him away from cross keep him away from any other various stiffs that they have yeah. um lurking around monday night raw it, yeah so um, i even look i don't even it, it's co- look you know how people say uh like a college team um, is about to head to, you know, their big rival game the week before. You're like, oh, they're upset, they're trap game, upset alert. Hey, uh, you see them sirens? Uh, you see them, them red sirens turning? Uh, we need to be on, we need to be on Corbin alert. True. Corbin might True. Corbin, all of a sudden like, yeah, what what is? What is he doing? In, you know, what is he doing on the red brand? Right. I, the like draft that. isn't for a couple more weeks. Yeah, I've started early. I'm I'm here to stop all 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 of all of the love. I'm ready yep. to squash it. So yep. be, be careful, Boy. please. I, I really hope this one works. Like I, you know, I was very at the start, like off rip. Just like I was not finna buy into the Kofi thing, like because you know. But like I'm, I, yeah, I have more reason for optimism with Biggie. He fits more of the things that that um. That Vince likes, so um, so you know, uh, I, I hope it works out, and I can't wait to see what what he um what they have for him uh come this pay per view because I don't think it's, he has a match out yet, but um I'm sure it's gonna be like Lashley probably something. Yeah, I, I'd assume it's a rematch or something. Yeah, with Lashley, um, and, and that'll tell us a lot too, like yeah. how they booked that match because like, I yeah yeah I it will go a long way like yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah. yeah, they need to figure something out, like, quick. All right, so um, uh, what's next? I noticed two other things important. Uh, where, where do you want to go? Owen Hart. Okay. We're going to say that. We're going to say the, the, the press shit for last. Okay, I see. I see. I see you. I appreciate no, it's that. Tr- tr- yeah. Trying to uplift, um, you know. <laughs> you have to give me the particular details, but because uh, I don't know the full details, but I know the gist. 
So uh, if you want to go um, expand on it uh, more than I would, um, yeah. or do you want me to set you up for it? Um, I am looking for the actual news story. So okay, uh, but yeah, so AEW and the Owen Hart Foundation are creating a new tournament and new merchandise as part of a deal. Like basically, like where AEW is going to like shepherd the legacy of Owen Hart. And this is in conjunction with Martha Hart, which is very unique because if there's anybody that's on some fuck Vince McMahon forever shit, it's her and she has every right to be. Um, so this basically will include uh, production and distribution of unique and original merchandise like action figures, apparel, posters, and other collectibles and inclusion in the upcoming AW video game. Um, the tournament that they're going to have is going to be the Owen Hart Cup, um, and the the trophy is going to be called the Owen. And they basically are, um, like, if you guys don't know about the Owen Hart Foundation, his wife started it in the year 2000. Um, it's a nonprofit, and it provides global aid to at-risk communities with scholarships, housing, food drives, backpack giveaways, and more. Uh, Owen Hart, uh, Martha put out a press release. Uh, she was like, she was extremely pleased to partner with AW in this wonderful joint venture to honor Owen's substantial international wrestling career. And I like how they worded that, by the way. Um, and the lasting influence he and his, uh, his craft has had in the sport. AW's Owen Hart Cup Tournament serves as a tremendous tribute to Owen and provides an incredible way for professional wrestling enthusiasts to celebrate his work in a most fitting way. Way. We trust that Tony Khan and his amazing AEW team will do a brilliant job with this highly anticipated project. This OHF slash AEW partnership is my special gift to all of Owen's magnificent loyal fans who forever remember him and inspiring uh, and his inspiring repertoire of talents. Okay, so I mean that's a lot of stuff, but um, the main thing is the likeness and images and merchandising on heart is going to AEW, and it will be the first time in a very long i don't think he had a pwts did he he may have yeah. had some stuff yes yeah, she, she worked yeah. with pro wrestling tees on a couple shirts and she was on the jericho podcast before and then she did dark side of the ring with on right. heart like last year or something and then yeah. i couldn't watch it um that was also the same that was like an episode like either after or like a couple weeks after uh the benoit one and like the benoit 81 just devastated me so and i, I want to fucking cry <laughs> but uh but no nah, so i i just i didn't have the emotional headspace to like want to watch more depressing sad shit that made me super sad um owen owen's one of the best heels i ever saw uh like i wonder and I hated his guts when he, when we were younger because he was such a dick to Brett and I couldn't understand it and I was getting worked. Uh, very similar to Ric Flair with me when I was young. Very similar to uh, Jarek when I was young. Um, I wonder... Um, everybody speaks glowingly of him. Obviously, no one, no one really speaks uh, glowingly of the dead. Like, I would say, that, like, I don't... Like, the stories people have, like Mick Foley and him talking about who can out-cheap them way uh, through a road trip, that doesn't sound as endearing to me as it does to other people, but... Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, like, Owen was a great worker. Owen was an innovator to an extent. Owen, Owen, like, helped influence a style that, like, we see today. Like, he's definitely, like, he made professional wrestling as a whole for Western fans better. 
Um, and, you know, obviously Vince, you know, had, was up and down and hot and cold with him over the years. Uh, you know, and a lot of it had to play with, like, you know, whatever was happening with Brett at the time or was happening with sometimes with Bulldog and Anvil was a fuck up at different times. But, um, Owen always seemed like a super solid guy from the stuff that I've heard of, uh, the 90s stuff. So, um, you know, for me, I think it's really cool to see someone that was that beloved and that kind of, uh, and, and somebody that like a lot of people were like took pieces from and added to their game over the, uh, over the decades that like this person is, you know, their legacy is, um, while short, it could still be, uh, shown in like, and showcased in like, I, I'm interested to see what the tournament entails. Like if this turns in some, like their version of like, I don't know, like some, some, uh, single, ter- some version of like a best su- of super J cup or whatever. Um, that'd be cool as hell. Uh, but you know, bringing in a bunch of international talent, like people from unsigned from WWE or not WWE, uh, AEW coming in or whatever else, like that'd be cool as hell. So, We'll see what they do with it. I, I'm interested to see what they do. Uh, it's another case of like AEW, like, you know, they treat their legends well. They treat pro wrestling like very well. Like I remember um, a lot of people were, or not a lot, a few people have talked about like since CM Punk came back and talked about how, you know, the Ring of Honor uh, promo, when we talked about like I left professional wrestling in 2000, I think it was 2009 or 2008 or whatever year it was. 2005. 2005. I thought it was 2005. I was like, that sound, no sound cl- uh, close enough, but yeah, I forgot he's there way for uh, Brian. But um, when he said that, like a lot of people were like, "What is that difference between professional wrestling and sports entertainment?" And like, I mean, not that much to be quite honest with you, in my opinion. Like, but a lot of it is comes down to like Vincent Man and WWE like being insulated from the rest of the world. Like, when someone dies in professional wrestling and around the world. At a certain at a certain level, AEW is gonna pick it up, mention it in passing, or at least put up a graphic. Like, not saying that WWE is wrong for this. I don't think they're wrong for this. But when Hannah Kimura died, AEW on the very next show put up a graphic for her and they talked about her, right? And me, and you talked about on the show like she was somebody that seemingly was destined to come over here. She was already she she spoke better English than most than I think pretty much any other person on the starting roster or whatever else, mm-hmm. like. I'm not saying that WWE is wrong for not doing this. I'm not saying I'm just saying it's a philosophy. And there was no doubt in anyone's mind that like she wasn't going to be put up there. Not saying WWE is that fault or is a bad guy for not doing it. That's just not what they do. Like it's a philosophy. Like if you were for WWE, then yeah, she would have been up there. But she's she's a part of the wrestling world, not sports entertainment. And um, you know, a lot of times Vince, Vince and Vince's lackeys do the sports entertainment thing. And it's really just a cop out just to use that excuse to do whatever wacky thing they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, that is the difference. Like, are you a part of this network, this, uh, fraternity, sorority, whatever you want to say, uh, this club or this, this network clubhouses, uh, this, this, this group of people, this network, or are you not in WWE had said no. And I don't necessarily fault them for it because they didn't want anybody. Cause it was a business decision to do this. Right. And, but this is when people say that kind of stuff, this is how it manifests. And like Owen, you know, with Martha and Owen and you know, the lawsuit and the settlement, all that kind of stuff. Like 
it was he was never going to be in WWE Hall of Fame no matter how many fans wanted it or whatever else. And like that was Martha's decision, and that and that's how she wanted to handle it. And I don't really see a problem with that. Um, but I think that Owen being able to like you know be people to see glimpses of his career that maybe, maybe not were familiar with, or people that are younger since there's a lot of young fans in AEW get to see like there's some stuff this dude could, uh, was able to do and was doing, you know, ahead, kind of ahead of his time. Like, so I think that's really cool. Um, yeah, man, I, um, I think this is great. And this is, um, from someone that I was a huge Owen Hart fan, like the first like real match that I, and I've mentioned this, I, uh, remember the 19 year anniversary. I did a segment, um, on Owen Hart and it was a solo show I did. And, the fir- like the first real professional wrestling match that I watched a whole bunch of times was Shawn Michaels versus Owen Hart in February '96. Um, I just had the hot box, and then you know, just it played a million times, so I got to see it all the time, and I thought it was phenomenal. And um, you know, he, you know, he was he was a big part of my youth as a wrestling fan, and you know, obviously the tragedy of his death and. Uh, I was someone that watched the dark side of the ring and figured after all those years, eventually Martha would break. Um, we can't forget about Mark Henry showing up to the WWE Hall of Fame and he was crying, said, um, you know, it, it, and that felt weird because we all knew that Martha wasn't having that shit. And it was like this this pressure, like it was like, did someone put him up to say this? Like there was a lot that was going on there. Um, and I'm happy, like, um, Mark Henry is probably some somewhere going to be involved in this, uh, I would think, in the future. Um, but I think um, the, you know, watching the dark side of the ring gave me a whole new perspective on Martha Hart and the narrative that was um, surrounding her. Mm-hmm. It was like she hated wrestling and she hated um, the fans and all this other stuff. And that she would basically, you know, like she was this mad woman who essentially was keeping this um, uh, keeping this man's legacy in death when she couldn't have him in life and all this other stuff. But she was someone that loved and supported Owen Hart, loved wrestling, but hated WWE, hated Vince McMahon, hated their negligence that led to the death of her husband, the love of her life. Um, and as far as I know, like, I don't know if she's remarried or anything, but that's not really important either. But his what's come out of it is the Owen Hart Foundation and seeing her in that press release be so glowingly happy about this new custodian of history that, you know, these people that and it, it goes with the CM Punk thing, these people that you thought were like done with wrestling, like they're just showing up in AW, and like this is. H is just showing that AW is like really where the culture of wrestling is. And I think, um, you know, I saw a lot of disgusting stuff, quite frankly, on Twitter today. And um, I, I was quite frankly, like, you know, I, I see it all like on the timeline, like, and, and I expect um, the worst and I saw the worst uh, quite frankly. And, um, I think people need to readjust their lives, find out what's really bothering them, and get fucked, stay fucked um, if, if they're upset with this. Uh, Owen Hart, like, I, I, 
you know, I don't care who honors them. Like, <laughs> um, but the fact that AEW is going to get to do it, they have the vote of confidence from the family. For me, that's the most important thing. Um, you can always watch an Owen Hart match on the WWE Network if it bothers you that bad. Um, I, I didn't expect, you know, the the... The, some of the stuff I saw on Twitter, like, you know, the company that was responsible for his death should be the only one allowed to celebrate him. I I didn't expect that today, but um, I saw a lot of garbage. And I think, you know, people just need to, like I said, reevaluate, find out what's wrong on the inside, because I, I think the, the legacy and the celebration of, of Owen Hart is a lot bigger than the wrestling war. Um, but it's also a um an illustration of the philosophies as james you know talked about and also like just like it's going to make people confront what wwe's actual role is in this and they don't like it and martha hart talked about the fucking thing that was on you know his harness it was like a clip like a sailing clip and I had never seen or heard that version of it. She has, she showed the damn clip and I'm like, how is that supposed to hold a 220 pound man? Um, It was absolutely negligence. It was a murder scene, a crime scene. The show should have been stopped. Uh, For me, it's one of the darkest moments in the history of professional wrestling. I'm shocked that um, so much of the Hart family has continued to, uh, you know, associate with WWE, but you know, that I know that's the game. Like that was the only game in town. Like, and it was a lot of pride swallowing. I imagine going on with that. And, you know, you guys all know about the Hart family stories. Like some of the families fractured, broken up behind this. Uh, I believe Brett and Martha had problems over the years a lot because Brett was just insisting that uh, she let them celebrate him. But now there's another option. And, she seems happy to celebrate his new Japan run. She seems happy to, to celebrate his international career and stampede and uh, everything else. And I think it's a great thing. Um, and you know, that people are going to be able to seek these other things of Owen that they may not have seen. Um, there's a great Owen Hart Jushin Thunder Liger match. Uh, that's on, I believe it's on new Japan world. Um, you guys should check it out. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to talk about a little bit about the trash um, and not really name too much about it. But um, I that kind of hung around the announcement today and it, and it was sad to see, quite frankly. Yeah, um, you know me like I personally I don't like when AEW throws shots at WWE because like, I, I kind of want to get to like the sooner we get past like this stupid shit where fans are tribing up about their professional wrestling promotion, like the, the better. Um, I just want to watch people. Ha- I just want to watch like compelling characters, like try to beat each other the fuck up. Like, I don't really care about, um, all this other stuff around it. Like if you want, you know, you, if Christians wants to throw shots and, and, you know, uh, make the developmental joke line or whatever else, like it's not the worst thing in the world, but like for me, I just, I'm just over it. So like, I'll just roll my eyes and just move on with the rest of the show. But, for me, like to see some of the people like say stuff about like <sighs> they need to sue AEW. Yeah, it's like I don't. I, they need to sue AEW. Um, 
Martha is like messing up his legacy. Uh, you know, like she, she, you know, she doesn't really care about Owen because she got paid like six million dollars, and that's when I, I saw a tweet or one of y'all sent me in the um thing, and that's when I was like, all right, enough. Like, I literally added that person, found him, clicked on it, quote tweeted, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" and tweeted. Like, I was, I was, um, I was disgusted by that one. Like, um, I just, I just, you know, but anyway, like. You know, happy to have Owen like you know represented in a certain in, in some kind of way, um, and like people be able to see him that like probably never saw him before or in cer- saw a certain and see him in different lights than he ever was. Like that was talented as hell. So, um, you know, uh, I don't really have much more to say than that. But other than say, like, I, I'm interested to see what they do with it. Um, interested to see what the merch looks like and all that kind of stuff. Like, if, in fact, wait, I think um, wasn't one Chris did not buy you uh, that Owen Hart WWE DVD? Yep. When you yep, on Christmas, yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Like, I mean, like when you were talking about, I, it made me think of it when you were talking about um how much a fan you were of his. I remember that. That's why I bought you that. But yeah, like, um, real uh, just happy, just happy. Like Big E on, this is a pretty good week, man. It, it really was. Yeah, um, I want the 1994 through 1996 slick back uh hair on in the video game. I don't want the crew cut one. Like, I want. The 1994 through 1996 with the with the big knee pads with the other knee pad underneath and the, and the shiny black uh you know patent leather boots and the slick back and you know the the the, the slammies and you know the cast however you want to do that uh, King of the Ring 94 I need the pink singlet as a, as an option uh, in the video game um so I saw a lot of people talking about you know Owen Hart never worked for AEW and all this other stuff. Well, perhaps today he could have been if it weren't for WWE's negligence. Yeah, so I guess uh, moving on to the next topic of discussion, um, we'll get to the dark side of the ring and all of the um, bad stuff from the plane ride from hell that a lot of people um, were either um, relearning or learning for the first time, and a lot of people uh, were disgusted, and rightfully so. Um when I heard about the plane ride from hell in Ric Flair, I had heard that he flashed, he was naked in the, um, in the robe and then he flashed, uh, the flight attendants, which is bad enough. I did not know that he sexually assaulted somebody. Yeah. Um, he's since come out on Twitter earlier tonight and denied it ever happened, but I watched oh, that Jesus show Christ. and, um, Heidi Doyle was the lady's name and, the way she told it to where she wasn't even it wasn't like she was sad or angry. She was just kind of like, yeah, this is what went, what went on. And this didn't sound like a lady that was coming out here uh, doing some make believe like um, obviously she she took a settlement back in the day. So I don't know. That kind of puts puts us puts me at least in a weird place on how to deal with that. I'm like, all right, there was. Uh, either some there was some type of concession made, there was some type of, you know, she's never going to get that back as far as like you know her dignity being played with, yeah. um, from Ric Flair. Um, should that you know have, have been the case there, and everything else that happened on the plane, and it was it was just like man, a lot of people that we like. Obviously, the culture of wrestling is a lot different now than it was then, but it's not that different. Um, and 
these are all stories that I was familiar with, knew of, uh, read in books. WWE is glorified in some cases uh, as recently as a couple years ago with ESPN and the 30 for 30 stuff. Uh, they were making cartoon reenactments of this stuff. James, I don't know if you remember that. I remember, the, you know, they used to do story time. Uh, that show it, it was, was just like that. It was another, you know, um, another one of those great things that's on the network that, like, it's like, why is everything on the network so good? But, like, but this man's creative so bad. Um, yeah, like, they would do different stories. One of the stories was, like, he, uh, I believe this was a different plane ride story, the one on, um, on um, story time. But um, either way, there has been tons of stories of Ric Flair like pulling his dick out on, on people, plenty of them. So like, hell, I want to say a couple months ago, I talked about a story where, um, it was, uh, it was, um, Ric Flair with Jim Ross and they were in the back of a limo with like two or three women. And he decides to pull his dick out and the woman freak out and got the car. And then Jim Ross was like, what the fuck? And he said, Jim, I got to tell you, um, if you had not been here, you, I, I, if you had not been here, there was like a, a certain percentage percent chance that like uh something good was finna go down but you being there fucked up the fucked up the vibe like nah man you pull out your dick fucked up the vibe like don't do that to people <laughs> like um it, you know and in the in the in um the lady her name is Sandy Doyle right Heidi Doyle Heidi Doyle uh, Sandy Doyle I think this is an actress or or character from a TV show but um Heidi Doyle like whether or not you believe uh, Heidi Doyle don't really matter once you have Tommy Dreamer go ba- fucking confirm the story and then say it was okay because it was Ric Flair and Ric Flair was being Ric Flair. Like, I don't I don't know what it is, Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan and, and like, in in penises. I don't know what, I, to make them want to act out they, out they damn mind or whatever else. Like, you know, it's Ric Flair and, first off, your name is Eric Fleer, but whatever. It's Ric Flair and then there's a Nature Boy and then, like, there's Terry and then there's Hulk Hogan and, like, for some reason, like, the Nature Boy and, and Hulk Hogan, like, have, play, play weird penis games. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. Or, I, I don't know. Like it's weird, man. It's yeah, weird. I, look, I ain't never heard no stories about Bret Hart whipping his meat out at nobody. I hope not. At this point, who knows? Look, who knows, bro? It's the not look. The wrestlers, wrestlers were, do, were doing some terrible, fucked up stuff. Um, I'm not gonna get into the back talk about, or the the back and forth about culture and people were going and killing uh, Undertaker about you know a couple the interview he did a few months ago, maybe a year ago, talking about like. All these, you know, all these, you know, I miss when, you know, these dudes had guns and knives and whatever else. These dudes play video games, whatever. It's like, look, man, because quite frankly, speaking out was just a year ago. All them video game nerds will rape you too. So, like, I don't, so, like, don't, don't, don't act like this is some, um, and this, and what's what changed my perspective on all of this stuff, uh, as far as generations getting better, blah, 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 blah. Um, maybe they have, but like, they're still terrible people. Was I remember reading an article or essay from somebody that said, uh, and, and the headline was, I've been raped by nicer men than you. Um, and it, it was, it went down talking about like, you know, like people that know, like people that know how to play nice guys, pretend to add to whatever else, or maybe it really are nice guys and polite and all that kind of stuff. And then we'll fucking date rape you and get away with it because look at rape statistics. So like, and I, and you know, for prosecution, you know, from, the amount that happened compared to prosecutions, compared to arrests, compared to convictions, compared to time served, like it is embarrassing low. So embarrassingly low. So like we gotta stop doing this. Like keep your fucking hands to yourself. 
Yeah. The, I mean, the, the, this the, is this is I like I I know I'm sounding like I'm doing the rant thing, or whatever, but like I'm not trying to. This is fucking obvious. Keep your hands to yourself. Yeah. Um, or maybe for keep your dick to yourself. <laughs> I'm sorry. Tommy Dreamer um, equating his ponytail to people being offended. Like I'm like dog. Like you got to go and time out for a little bit. Like it's like, did you know the camera was on? Like, did you see the red light? So it's like, if the answer was yes, nothing like that should have came out. Yeah. But like, who did he think he was talking to? Who did he think he was? Like, I'm Tommy Dreamer. I'm untouchable. What? He was holding. He was upholding the fraternity. He was, he was protecting look, the institution. That is Ric Flair, look, but it's you, like look, Ric Flair don't were, need that kind of protection. Look, you you remember what Lester Freeman used to say? The job will not save you. Like <laughs> the job did not save you, Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. Um. So, like, I didn't see his apology. I didn't read it. Whatever. Hopefully, he he has a. He he has or has um or is on the path towards a, a realization that like that shit ain't cool and you and you protecting them whatever ain't cool like you know like I think it's easy for me because because me and Rich we've had this conversation where like when someone pulls a racism like bro just because I know you and you pull a racism does not mean I will come save you most likely I will, most likely I'd be like yeah he should have done that shit and moved on and then like move on from there because like I ain't I ain't here to defend you. <laughs> You're a grown fucking adult. You're here to defend, defend yourself. yourself, right? Like I don't, I don't, I don't like it. it like you know, and you know, if I ever get myself in some shit where I say say the wrong thing on a podcast, whatever else, and it blows up, whatever else, I will hope. Uh, or let me phrase that: I would hope that uh, people do not feel the need to defend me or whatever else that know me or whatever else. Like that doesn't serve any purpose. Like I know this person speak this character. They ain't the character we're certain with. It's the words the person said. Mm-hmm. Like when people talk about you know worrying about whether or not someone's heart is racing, like nah, bro, we you know we're kind of past that. I don't you know, care about the heart. We're not. Yeah. I'm not really here about like what's in this person's soul. Like I th- th- like you could be perfectly fine and still be you know a, a, a unwinning participant in in institutional racism and all the structures beyond that. Like we're past that. So like when we're talking we, about we like don't care about your ra- bones, right? So when we talk <laughs> right. There's not a racist bone in my body. So when we talk about like you know rape culture and all that kind of stuff. Tommy Dreamer going to bat for him after he saw what he fucking saw as it was cool to just, you know, as Ric Flair fucking around in front of a bunch of guys like, nah, bro, that shit was foul. And you knew it was foul. And you fucking needed to defend it because you knew it was foul. Yikes. Um, Ric Flair is going to have to um, atone for this. I think his uh, his future, his AW future is probably likely not going to happen, um, at least in the near future, uh, until something happens. But um, that'd be a really bad look because he's been hanging around AW. There's been pictures coming out. Him and Sting were backstage. They got a show. I mean, look, we knew that was his destination. Likely. Yeah. 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 I, I would say, like, it ain't going to happen. Don't need to be happening at this point after this shit comes out. And um, quite frankly, Ric Flair has done a lot of stuff. To where he shouldn't have been, he shouldn't be on anyone's TV anyway. This is some isolated incident, like you like we mentioned before. Like, there is a lot of stuff in a lot of these wrestlers' past that is not good for business. Yet they keep bringing wrestler these wrestlers with these past around because they can pop a rating. And pop a rating, and some people really don't think it's that bad, right? Because they don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. 
up next, um, transitioning into happier things, um, AW Dynamite. Think Grand about Plan. real quick, real quick. Think about Big E, WWE champion. Think about Owen Hart, the Owen the Owen uh, tournament and trophy. Think about like getting to uh, AEW Grand Slam Arthur Ashe week. Think about the, the first, the start of the G1. And then think about like the start of matches we watch. All of that positivity. And then the fucking valley of sadness that was Ric Flair, uh, you know, molesting somebody. Like, or not, or sexually assaulting somebody is a, is a more appropriate uh, um, definition of what happened. Like, yeah. So, just, I mean, what was it? Like two months ago, we were talking about Ric Flair eating pussy on the train. A degenerate, all jokes. A degenerate, a degenerate. Yeah. Let's, yeah. So let, let's let, let's get let's, so let's get ourselves out of the valley and back to the fun stuff. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM. You'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code Champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. AEW Dynamite Grand Slam biggest show in company history over 18,000 plus sold I think creeping up on 19,000 sold two shows both two hours next week Um, this is the biggest show in in company history Um, it's going to be biggest match obviously we got a nine title match between Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega I guess we can start there um very excited for this. Uh, Brian Nelson, not when the moment he came in the company at All Out, uh, made a beeline to the ring, and there was one guy waiting for him to do with the belt. Uh, big time dream match. Brian Nelson comes fresh off of uh, main event and uh, WrestleMania. What's going on, Sharju, uh, in the chat? Um, but yeah, man, I think this is going to be an excellent match. Understatement. Um, Obviously, like these are my two favorite wrestlers, and um, this is a treat for me. So I'm 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 interested to see see uh, what you think about this one, James. Yeah, um, excited for the match. Um, I mean, quite frankly, uh, I mean, outside of matches that aren't even announced, and I'm not even promising necessarily get, just assume it's going to happen. Like, I don't see a match that I more anticipate the rest of this year. Um, 
for um you know I'm I'm concerned. It makes me question like what are we going to get as far as like a, a time limit? What are we going to get as far as like commercial breaks? You know what have you? But um, Daniel Bryan outside of WWE because it's been so long is intriguing. Kenny Omega when he needs to have a a gigantic big match is as sure as bad as just about anyone in the world. Um, so you know. They're going to have the match, and it's going to be really fun. It's going to be great. Um, it's almost a guarantee. It's going to be great, barring some type of weird freak injury or whatever else. And um, it's going to be fun. I'm just concerned on like, how much time they're going to have with uh, TV and, and commercial breaks and all that kind of stuff. That's really it. Like, um, I, I've seen people say that like they don't get why they're doing this, and I also have my concern for, or not concern, but kind of like, uh, it, you know, backseat booking, kind of like, hey, bro, y'all kind of already sold the house. Uh, for for Arthur Ashe, like y'all could have got another house out of this match, but you know that's you know, that, but that's you know n- neither here nor there. I guess at this point, like they're gonna do it. And that's really cool. Um, and that you know, um, and you know the whole entire show seems it feels like a pay per view, but it's gonna be on TV. Um, between the th- uh, the four hours of Dynamite and Rampage this weekend, that's gonna, that's really be, it's gonna be really cool. And this is all coming in the heels of it being after um, All Out. And I yeah. think that um, this trying to see like what the best finish for this would be like uh, personally, I don't think Kenny should be losing another match uh, to set up another title match. I'm in favor of the draw here um, and tell him, hey, go have a five star draw, whatever you got to do. And um, I, you know, whether it's Kenny's in the submission at the end, um, whether there's like a one wing angel happening and. Um, Kenny's like, I could have beat him. Uh, however you want to do it. Um, I think those are both viable ways to uh, get to another match. And I think that uh, everyone's going to be really happy here. I, I got one for you. Um, what What's the length of our uh, non-title matches in AEW? Is it 20 minutes? It's 20, but they may have to open it up to uh, at least 30. But I, 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 got, I got one for you. They're going to do the no time limit? They're going to go 20 minutes. They're going to say, give us more time. They're going to go. They're going to start hot and have some of the best wrestling you'll ever see in your life. And then they both going to fall and collapse. And then the ref has to call it. They're going to do it. They're going to do Like, Rich, you had said, you had said back in June when Shuri and Utami had, the, had one of the three best matches of the year that I've seen. When they did that fucking thing, you were like, what happens if that, I can see that coming over to the States. Like, bro, don't, don't speak that shit into existence. Well, we're going to see. If this shit happens, I'm going to show up on um on Thursday on the midweek show. I'm, I'm going to say, Rich, I fucking told you. You should never say that shit. You should have mentioned it. They won't ever bring up Stardust after uh Except for uh, small little points, you, you it's your fault. You did this. They, how many times we got to say that Tony? Uh, do we have to point out that Tony Khan obviously be listening to everybody else that does a podcast? He, yeah. that man, that man, uh, he, might, he, he, he his, might be in the chat right now. His, <laughs> this man's uh, podcast catcher gotta be hell. Like this man must be listening to like all of, all the stuff, everything. That's got to be so. What, what speed do you think Tony Khan listens to his podcast? Three, on? <laughs> three, <laughs> three flat. That man is doing. He's he's he out here listening to that shit while working out. While when I put the shit to three, I got to strain to understand everything that's happening. Yeah, Good, uh, but yeah, man. It, it, it uh, all just side promo last week. Yes, uh, yes. Kenny like had this look in his eye, like 
where he dropped like the the facade of, uh, of the heel champion that he had and it was just like more like a prideful thing i think it was just like you know like the belt's not being challenged like my pride is being challenged right now um and brian just you know let him know like yo he uh, callous your piece of shit and you know it one day is going to be about the belt but for now i you know i want to see the best belt machine i want to see it and then it was just like one word can he use which is brian's word ironically yes so yeah. uh, i i don't think they could have did any better than that and i'm looking forward to next week yeah, i wonder what kind of gear brian shows next up week in. it's in two days excuse me two days very happy um what else we got on the show? Uh, we got the women's title match, Britt Baker against Ruby Soho for the women's world title. Uh, this is heated up in a heartbeat. Uh, there was a pretty well-received promo segment uh, from Friday. They've been in uh, some uh, six-woman tag. Uh, Ruby, of course, won the uh, Casino Battle Royal. And I think they kind of um, they, they fell into something with her because – you know, the every program has been, man, Bridge just getting, you know, cheered overwhelmingly. And then, you know, it's amazing what happens when you got an a, a actual baby face people want to get behind. And I think that's, you know, I don't think it's going away because obviously people want to cheer for Brit, mm-hmm. but the dynamics are a little bit better now um, with Ruby in this spot. Um, so what do you think is going to happen here? I think that, uh, Brit is going to continue is going to win uh, probably with you know with some help from Jamie and in uh, Rebel and um, now because she does his Rebel not Reba now I think it's Reba <laughs> but uh, but with, with help between those two goons uh, she'll retain the title give uh, Ruby some bail and then you know she can build back um, I think that you know we talked about the the Brit thing and it. You know, she they she's over as a baby face, but what got her over was her heel work. So they're just keeping her as a heel. Uh, so she's she's like she gets to do everything that got her loved. Um, I think it kind of I think it hurts the uh, some of the other wrestlers like uh, that can't really talk for themselves that well uh, due to character uh, const- character limits or because of uh, that's not their native native language they speak. But um, you know, like bringing her in and getting her getting her there and um. Bringing in Ruby and bringing her, and bringing her into like face, uh, uh, Brit. Like I think that's a really big thing for Brit, um, because like you know, in a big match, uh, when everything's you know, tech or you know, walk through and all that kind of stuff. Like she's a lot better than like trying to um, improv some stuff on the fly. Seemingly, um, like I like her big matches or, or pay per view matches or whatever you want to call them more than like her TV matches. Uh, so aside from the freaking um, uh, Thunder Rosa match, but that's a special circumstance. Like, mm-hmm. um, so I'm interested to see what they do. I'm interested to see what how um, her and Ruby, um, whatever story they have to tell in the ring. And um, I'm I'm just happy. Like I, I feel almost in a way that promo, even though I detested uh, the stuff that they had. Um, Ruby say like I'm not I'm really not a fan of, of babyface slut shaming women I'm just not uh, but I mean this, this even goes back to when we were talking about it with um, Nikki Bella and in, in um, uh, Ronda Rousey back in 2018 like it just nah like it's not the way um, but um, you know I think for me 
it it was successful. The crowd ate it up. So like we'll t- we'll go from there and we'll see um, what leg she has after this and how she can build back towards it. Because that's the real that's the real uh, fun for for Ruby. Um, like I mentioned, see like her with Riho and um, Statlander. You know, um, Ruby talks about being a runaway and um, all that. Well, the, the Britt Baker runaway train title reign continues here. Um, she's about to walk through uh, Ruby and, and continue this because if I had uh, someone as hot as Britt Baker, I wouldn't be cutting this off in four months. Yeah, especially when there's uh, Thunder Rosa still um, at play. Like, you got to get to that match first before you start talking about um, taking the butt off her for any reason. And even after that, like, Unless somebody steps to the plate, like I think Thunder Rosa could. Like I don't think there's no, I don't think there's really a reason to take her off the title unless it's to expand the division to where you can have your champion and you can have Britt doing something cool with someone else, like a Jamie Hayter or Thunder Rosa or Sheeta or Nyla again. You you, you get my drift. Like yeah. a- actually have a non-title feud. Um, a program built up for pay-per-views or whatever else. Like, I think that's what Britt's role should be after she, whenever she comes, does come off the title. But I don't think, I don't think the time is anytime soon. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Like, I think, you know, I think this is going to be a big match, uh, especially for Ruby. Cause like this is a big match for career. I think so. Cause she, she, she ran it with Ronda before on raw, uh, in the main event. Okay. If it's not the biggest match of, the, of her career, it's the most important. Okay, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm I'm with you there. Yeah, maybe uh, I, I'm probably phrasing it wrong, but yeah, this is the most important because like she's one of those people. Like you watch NXT, you watch NXT on take, uh, you know, the couple one one or two times she was on take, or you'd be like, she's likable, she has something, she could wrestle, and you know, like just was miss, you know, miss cast in a, in a weird role and it didn't really work out that well at the beginning um and you know she got one shot and it didn't really work out the way that that um you would hope and it wasn't really much about her so it was like you know let's see you some of these people when they get you know get another shot as opposed to like you make one mistake and you're fucking done um <laughs> at, at, to an extent so um yeah i'd encourage people to check out her uh interview with jericho she just sounds so happy um oh, yeah. now yeah so um, I think that I'll check it out. I think that she's got like she's got some going with the theme song for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think she's. I, I'm interested to see like can she break out match wise because like the Jane Hater match, oh, oh, it wasn't all that, and yeah, um, you know, so this this is the time. Like, yeah, she's got to show the world. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I um, mean. That's really just like this is this is the stage for she shows up she shows up show up and you and you look around and you're like okay now you have two um now you now you're adding to uh, the roster like I think she's already there as far as the women's division like she, like even if this let's say this is match tanks I think she's still um is somebody that, that needs to be at the top of that division but um they, but if this works out in a certain way you can kind of it 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 changes her trajectory. Mm-hmm. Like it raises her ceiling a lot more, or not a lot more, but more. Um, so, hope it works out. Um, so the next match, uh, we got Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes. The return uh, of Cody. Uh, obviously, we had the angle last week. Uh, Malachi Black makes his entrance and asks for everybody in the House of Black to rise. 
Um, James, I was listening to your to your review um, with Imp, and you let you know everyone know that you rose the fuck up uh, in your house. So that that was pretty cool. James is rising the fuck up right now. Uh, for those of you guys that are live in the chat, he stood up. But um, you know, we he he immediately spotted somebody that was not rising up and uh it was rosario dawson of all people uh a woman that has been fine since he got game um <laughs> yes <laughs> so uh she has some association with cody i think in the go big show she had a nightmare family jacket on which i can just feel floyd o- floyd johnson smiling all the way from oklahoma um so cody getting popcorn or something i don't know why he was over there but he runs down with a red clown suit on um that's a, <laughs> look that's unfair that's unfair like you could have said he was out here looking like jalen rose or or who also had a red was it uh carl malone or was it charles or was it charles bright that had the red suit at the draft i don't remember I'll maybe hakeem hakeem olajuwon maybe I know Jalen Rose had a red suit, and I know one of them, one of them Hall of Fame first yeah. ballot uh, four power forwards had one. I got, I just got to figure out which one it was, yeah. but yes, but yeah, like yeah, man came out there in the clown suit. You ain't, you ain't have, you, you know. have to call it. You ain't got to call it a clown suit. Yeah. I don't, you know, you know. You see, they were trying to illustrate hell, so Cody had the red on to go with the black that Alistair Black had on or Malachi Black had on. So it was so symbolism. Subtle. So, you know, so. it was symbolism. You know, he was coming back from the dead, you know, uh, but they have a really good brawl. Um, crowd is a lot more positive on Cody than they had been. Um, and we got the match next week. Uh, so 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 what you what you got, man? Like Malachi versus Cody. Oh, um, they should have their full fledged match that works off of what they've done brawling each other in that match they had. And at the end, um, Malachi Black should win. Hmm. Like I'm sure they can still have I'm sure they can still have an entertaining match and Cody wins, but what happens the next what happens the next day if Cody wins? Like Cody just goes back to being Cody in the mid card. Because he set himself up to be a mid carder. And then Malachi Black like loses steam and then what? I don't know, man. Um, I I think Cody could send a strong message uh, if they have him lose this match. However, they tend to keep him strong um, in, in certain ways. Like, if you're not of a certain caliber, um, like, he'll at least go 50-50 with him. Um, like, he won't, like, Agogo was, in retrospect, was never going to beat him. QT was never going to really beat him. But all the other like times he's lost to people, I figure like it's not it's not this tragedy if he if he wins. Um, like I feel like people are alluding to, but this this is perhaps the most in, even more of an interesting finish than uh, Omega and Danielson for me. Just just seeing like where someone goes like because Cody could easily go back after the TNT title. I know Sammy Guevara's got his eyes on it, but Cody always is a threat for that. And, you know, he's making himself like this Cena like person. So, (laughs) and you know, he loves wearing the flag and all this shit. So, um, it could easily tap into that, but 
I don't know. That feels boring. Pass a old hat. Um, I think Malachi is exciting. I think he's got um, a really exciting entrance that people are getting into. And he's just got a, got a, a vibe and an aura about him that even he didn't have an NXT. Um, I think he's at a career peak right now. Um, I think he is – I like – I know, like, like both of the champions are heels right now. So, in theory, there's not really anywhere higher for Malachi Black to go. So, I, I don't know. I think it can go either way. I'm not upset with either result, but I would think Malachi Black would be the more fan pleasing result. Yeah, and you said that um, the aura that he has is different from even NXT. You know what the aura is. He will what? fuck you up. <laughs> he's a fucking mur- like he's literally like stalking prey and, and chasing it down and murdering it. Um, it has been really fun. Um, it, I think the thing, the thing for me is like, all right, you start booking out these pay per views or big shows eventually, and, and how to put people into the mix, and it's like, all right, he loses to Cody here. W- I'm sure you could. I'm sure you can rebound from that. But like, why do you need to rebound? Like, Cody, Co- like Cody loses tomorrow, or Cody loses on on Wednesday. Is anybody gonna look different to Cody? I don't think so. Like, um, and I just think personally, like, it makes more sense to give his first loss or whatever else uh, Malachi to like a baby face that could use it or a baby face that like um, or on a big show at least and obviously this is a big show but it's like this he's only been here since like July mm-hmm. sounds like you're saying like he could be like you could use him in like that in the, like, like that Rusev mode from like or like the like a gatekeeping heel like he could be like if you, you like a have first a feud or ch- challenger for somebody, and then like he's never been beaten, so it's like, man, what's the new champion gonna do that, with this fucking guy? That or like, let's say you know, I'm not saying this happened, but like, put out man when when um when Adam Page comes back, put him with, put him with Malachi. You want to you want to get him ready for Kenny Omega, um, by next pay per view or or what have you want to say? Put them together. I think a lot of people just want to shoot Adam Page directly at Kenny Omega. So, like, I think that would upset a lot of people, but it would be the best thing for him. Right. It would be literally set on the path where, like, you know, he is having a top of the card feud that doesn't involve the elite. And it's on his own. And it's on his own. Uh, I don't say on his own because he's great. But um, I, I'm guessing saying, like, we get to see like what he has as far as his character, as far as what he has in his quote unquote soul, as uh, uh, pro, in pro wrestling kayfabe speak. Like there is not a lot that's been answered with that. It's still, even though, like we know he, you know he he, he can be a dependable friend when it's called upon, like with the um, with Dark Order. But like what I don't know was I don't know what kind of heart he has. I still to this day don't know what kind of heart he has. Is he a, like is he a fucking shrinking violet that still is like drinking to cope with? with like failure and doesn't know how to get off his ass and fight for his stuff. Or, or is he a person that like can only do that when like his friends coax him into doing it, which is what happened um, when he, uh, in that match that they, he lost and got taken off TV. It was like, come on, Adam Thomas to stop, you know, stop being depressed. He was like, okay, whatever. It's like, I don't <laughs> like I, that does not, 
like when people talk about how he's emo or whatever else like i i don't th- i i don't think of that as like an endearing trait necessarily it's like you lost a lot of people lose they get off their ass and figure out another way so training harder you know train harder that- sacrifice change yourself like that is most character arcs in most movies for heroes they get their ass kicked and then they go they go back to the lab, learn something, grow, and then and then achieve after that, or sacrifice something to then get what they wanted. Why are or learn something? Like, None of that happens with Adam Page. Why are they acting like they've never seen Rocky Three? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, Rocky Three has that, except for the part where like the, the story with, during the match when he's saying the second match of Clubber Lang is like, all right, you gotta tra- retrain for speed because. Uh, You're you slow. were just you because you were just you, you were slow and you were just a a goon a goon right and then like and then and then the match what he does is like he does rope a dope which means like bro like you got you could have you didn't train for getting a stronger job you trained for speed you, like he knocked your ass out like how did the rope a dope work this time he he would have not your job didn't get no better you didn't work on that you just got faster and yo and then like you beat him by not even using his speed you beat him by t- enduring the punishment that you couldn't take in the first one whatever don't give me sorry no Rocky don't give me sorry no Rocky but anyway like I just I I just I think that he needs one more thing to kind of get to to get him to then you're like undoubtedly let's do it. With, with Kenny Omega, take the fucking belt off and put it on Hangman. But like everybody's like, just do it now. It's like, nah, bro. Can't... CM Punk and Daniel Bryan are here. What the fuck are you talking about? Like there, there are money matches uh, lined up, Chief. Like there's there's money to be made. There are matches to be had, big ones. Yeah. Um, like yeah. I think people have WWE brain uh, like or PTSD of like the main eventer, the WrestleMania uh, part timers, like take people's spots and then like. Because again, musical musical chairs. People are afraid that like, Adam Cole is gonna be left, like left out in the in the uh, in the cold and, and with a thin uh, with a thin jacket in the in the Chicago winter. That ain't gonna happen to him. But I but in the meantime, in between time, just like everybody else in his roster that's not in the title picture, you gotta come up with something compelling to do because you need to be on this on this card. So like, if you beat Cody here with with Malachi Black. He can immediately be at that can immediately be the, the number two or the main event um, of a pay per view. Him and him and um, Malachi Black, uh, Page Malachi Black. So like, I just think that like the room for Malachi Black here, like he could be so much more valuable with the win here than if he loses here. Mm-hmm. Um, Diogo says, uh, thinking about it, it'd be cool if this time they have a competitive match, but have Cody try to cheat and still fail to beat Malachi, leading to a Cody heel turn. Um, I don't think Cody wants to turn heel. And for me, if you turn him heel, he goes higher up the card. Um, <laughs> evil, evil. It don't quite, this, it don't quite compute. This man, because, to, this man trying to drop roots on Cody. This man wishing for the worst. Nah, don't, nah, don't turn don't heel. Quite, don't get hot. I want you. I want you. It don't quite. I want you, you know, in the mid card. You know. Stay, do what you're doing. Do what you want to do right now. You want to be beloved. You want to act like Cena. Go ahead. Floyd like, gonna get you. Floyd gonna get you. Floyd gonna get you. I mean, I just, Floyd, he like, said that, like, not me. Look, he may go higher. He wouldn't go much higher, but <laughs> he'd go higher. Um, but what else we got on the show? Um, oh, we've got MJF. Um, MJF, a man who's been a just on a highlight real level run coming out of all out 
um, taking on Brian Pillman Jr. And um, this has been heated up uh, with a couple different segments, especially the one in Cincinnati. Uh, the New Jersey, you know, beat down essentially that MJF did last week was great. Uh, and this is a big match for Pillman Jr. too. This is like something um, they obviously see a lot of potential in him. I think he's grown leaps and bounds just this calendar year. <sighs> Last year, if you would ask me about Pillman, I would be like, eh. Um, I think he has a great, like, kind of, like, underdog, everyman quality about him. Like, he's not the most athletic guy. He's got He's got a lot of scrappiness and heart working for him, right? Uh, a lot of deceptive speed. and, and so, so he's white. So he's white. <laughs> so he's, like, he's are you talking about? A, are that, you talking about a professional wrestler or a white wide receiver in the NFL? Like, like I think a lot of the audience can see themselves in him. You know, um, is he is, is he like a coach in the ring? He's like a coach in the ring. Uh, you know, he's he's a coach's son. You know, a famous wrestler's son. It, oh, it all kind of you know ties in together right there. But. um uh, in a story as old as time, the oh, real quick, that man said, he said he's college educated and he cleans up, but don't don't mistake it. Like he may clean up nice, but he is still a Cincinnati boy. And I thought to myself, you have a mullet, you do not, you have not cleaned up nice. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead, Rich. Sorry. Yeah, um, MJF and uh, Pillman. A story as old as time. A man like from a privileged background versus a someone that is quote unquote come up. Through the muck. Um, Boxing. Yeah. So uh, this should be pretty good. I think uh, MJF is going to come to work because he realizes like, yo, um, there's no there's no made star. I am the made star now. So this is going to be uh, my turn to really bust my ass and, and show like that. I'm not someone that to be forgotten either. Uh, with all these people, um, this could be easily heating him up for a Brian Danielson or a CM Punk uh, down the road or shortly down the road. And he's I obviously like I think I think the world of MJF, I think he's a prodigy. I think he is um, he, he's he's next, quite frankly, like he's another another person that's on that list that he next like like he owned deck like <laughs> like on life. Um, and. I, I think this is a good uh, showcase match for him. Uh, I think he wins. Uh, what do you yeah. think? James? Yeah, he has to win. Like, I mean, this is to get this is mostly to get his heat back after you know finally dropping one to Jericho after a fourth try. Um, and you know, I you know uh, Imp mentioned this, and I agree. Uh, last week when I did his uh, show about like he is tearing into these uh, these local crowds in Cincinnati and in New Jersey. To get his heat back after losing to Jericho, and I'm like, yeah, and it's worked, and it's been, and it's been a lot of fun. Um, so, so yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm, he has to win. Like, there's a reason why he did the Jericho thing. I'm sorry, did the Pillman thing in Cincinnati. It was to, it was a, you know, find a role for Brian Pillman as a babyface that you like. But when it comes down to it, he, you know, you. You might like him, but not all the baby faces are going to be below. Yeah, but they're, but they're not every baby face like you can believe in is going to come through, which makes it more, which makes you then appreciate the ones that do eventually. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, that's, you know, Dante Martin, Brian Pillman, like, they're in that role right now of being like baby faces that you like, and they come on the card or they come on the show and you're happy to see them, but they're going to eat a lot. They're going to eat pins. It happens. 
like that's the, that is the role of professional wrestling. Not everybody can win, not everybody can lose. There are people you like and people you hate, and some are going to win, some are going to lose, and some are going to win more and should win more than others. And you know, eventually, you know, over time, things will change. People will level up, people will level down. But it's professional wrestling, as opposed to like just a gigantic mishmash of like you don't know what's going to happen from week to week, and it won't make sense from week to week at all. Uh, there was a interview recently where Tony Khan was talking about how highly how high he was on Dante Martin. And he said he thinks he's going to get his his breakthrough win sometime soon. Um, the AW Full Gear location was revealed. It was going to be in Minneapolis. So that's actually Dante Martin's hometown. So uh, that's uh, something to keep an eye on if that uh, goes forward. But a uh, last uh, match on here um, is Darby Allen and Sting. We taking on FTR. Um, Darby Allen and Sean Spears had a had a solid match once again. Sean Spears, him and Spears get, wrestles Guevara, and he wrestles uh, Darby Allen, and it comes out you know it, it comes out better than you think. I think. Um, I think that um, Darby in getting into this, obviously, this is like they heated this up like in a flash, in an instant, uh, kind of to get Sting on there with Darby. Needed a spot. I, I don't think you can do this show without Darby Allen on it. Um, I think this should be a blast. FTR is going to have a blast bumping for Sting. Um, <laughs> That's <laughs> I would have thought that this might have been the place for Ric Flair up until last Friday um, to eventually appear, but that's not the case. Uh, I've got Darby and Sting, of course, because why have FTR win right now? I mean, unless you're going to set them up for Lucha Brothers sometime soon, I don't think this necessarily would play into the tag team rankings. Um, this is kind of like your your all-star collection match, and it, it would be really cool for Sting to be in front of that many people. Been a long time. Yeah. Um, I I would have Sting and Darby win. Um, obviously, Sting or Darby has to win with Coffin Drop. Um, but if they wanted to, they could um, then get some heat on some more heat on Sting like they did. Uh, Last week, which is I thought was cool, because it's the first time in a long time that Sting anyone got heat on Sting. Um, they rubbed the paint off the boys. That's a declaration right. of war. Right, right, right. Um, I thought it was a nice. I thought it was a very nice touch. Um, ultimately, like if they if they beat if if you wanted to, you could have FTR win here. So then they have a rematch, and then like Sting and Darby win there. But you know, if you that, that depends on how you want to handle your television going the next few weeks or whatever else, but, but uh, or a month or whatever out or whatever. But um, you know, either way, like the main thing is the main thing. Like you said, like get Darby on the card, um, and I think it'll be fun either way. Yeah, but that's your um, Wednesday show. Um, Friday, of course, they have um, CM Punk and Will Hobbs um, announce. I think that's going to be an uh, interesting match. I don't know, uh, Bell to bell wise work rate wise uh how that one's gonna do but it is cm punk's first match on television back in seven yeah. years i think it's yeah. probably gonna draw a great rating um also i think uh dynamite's it, grand slam is gonna smoke raw in a pack this week um they as far as the hobbs and punk thing um this is a big spot for Will Hobbs, biggest match of his life. How, how, do, you, yeah. how do you think he's going to do? <laughs> I think he's going to do well. I, I I think that if they lean into what um, Christian and, and Hobbs did, it's not necessarily the same exact story, but like a similar thing of like, 
he's dominant, he's big, he's powerful, he's strong, and and CM Punk has to figure out a way how to overcome that, um, and eventually and win by and overcome that at the end and tell a nice story in like eight eight minutes or so, something like that. Then like perfect, that's a perfect story for it. Um, yeah, I don't I don't need I don't need them going 13, 14, 15 minutes though. Yeah, um, CM Punk's always been good against big guys. Uh, I remember matches that he's had against, obviously, Brock Lesnar. Ryback. Like, <laughs> the Ryback. Uh, also... The Ryback matches were good. Also, uh, Mark Henry on TV a couple times. Um, Undertaker. So, he's a big man. That counts. Undertaker, yep. So, um, if anyone can figure it out, it's him. Uh, I hope Punk has, like, figured his gear situation out uh, to another ex- another degree. He needs to break out some some new shit in the pants. Like, I don't know. They're all right, but... Eh, I don't know. Um, well, but. okay. So a lot of pe- a, f- a couple people we know, uh, or we had a discussion talking about like you know maybe he didn't have his legs underneath him. Maybe uh-huh. the legs were scrawny, so he's hiding them. Yeah, like, I'm not saying he's necessarily like that picture you sent me, Jerry Lawler from the other day, where like it looks like <laughs> that man looks like you know an egg with with straws holding him up. But yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, maybe you know, maybe over time he'll bring those back out once he feels more confident in his legs, and maybe he has some tat, maybe he has some tattoos. He's like, oh, I don't know about this. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, man. Um, so also we've got um, John Moxley and Minoru Suzuki uh, will be taking on Lance Archer, or excuse me, I knew what Lance you Ar- Yes, Lance Archer and Minoru Suzuki will be taking on John Moxley and Eddie Kingston in a lights out match. It's a lights out match. Yes. When did that get added? Uh, on Rampage. No, no, no. Like when did that stipulation get added? I don't remember that at first. They put. They said that on Rampage. Oh, okay, so um, I guess I just must have missed that part. I only saw the announcement for the match. I didn't know it was a step. That should be a blast. Yep. Um, should be a blast. I don't. Really good. What I'm concerned on is I don't know how their camera crew and their camera director is going to be able to uh, direct traffic because like they didn't do a good job when they were brawling at the end of Dynamite. So or not at the end of Rampage. So hopefully they'll get some things in order. Hopefully um, you know Archer and um, Archer and, and Nakazawa and, and Suzuki and um, Moxley and Kingston can all like sit down and say this is where we're going. And like you know, give them an idea. If they say do it on the fly. It could be it could be a problem with camera direction. Um, so, <laughs> so hopefully they'll get that shit figured out though. Because like those four together going all sorts of parts in that building, it's gonna be fun. Yeah. Um, if it's me, I'm getting as many different unique shots of the building uh, as I as can possible. in this match, and this helps them to do the yeah. to do so. And I think that this is gonna rule. This is gonna be like. Like Suzuki's gonna be in New York. Eddie Kingston is, is coming home in New York. He's gonna be over like, who knows? Um, and, and this is a clever way to beat somebody um, without accounting, really. So uh, it being a lights out match. So um, we've got the Super Click. Uh, the Young Bucks and Adam Cole will be taking on uh, Christian Cage and Jurassic Express. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, Christian like decided to come in with the flamethrowers talking about Adam Cole after Cole, like laid the challenge down. Cole obviously had his debut against Frank Kazarian solid match there. Big, big reaction for Adam Cole. Uh, there's a, there's a part in BTE where they catch Cole 
right uh, at the go position before he goes out. And he turns around like, y'all hear this shit? Like, like y'all hear that pop? And um, I think that was that was really cool to, yeah. to see him, how happy he was. New ring gear looks great. New new jacket. Um, well, he should have known he was going to be over in the tri-state area. How many takers has he been in? At, bro, uh, in Brooklyn, where he would, he was fucking popular as hell. Like he shouldn't be surprised. Were, there were, there is a list of most over guys I've ever seen in person in my life. Right, mm-hmm. Adam Cole is on that list. Like in NAC Takeover Brooklyn, like or New York, uh, you know, and it should yeah, have been called Brooklyn Five. They called it New York Day Year, whatever the yeah. fuck. New York, like Adam Cole, like is on that list of most over people I've ever seen in my life. Um, that lets you know how great that match was. Where like he's that over. And then, like, they wrestle that match by the end. Everyone's fucking ecstatic for Johnny Gargano in that match. Yeah. Um, it, it was crazy in the, in the in the upper section. So I sat on the last row of the Barclays Center. Very unique kind of kind of view of, of it. But um, I could see the whole crowd just, like, going fucking ape shit the whole time. But this should be awesome. Uh, this is going to be a lightning fast six-man tag. Uh, Bucks and Cole haven't teamed together for a long time. Uh, he slides in just as most greatest wrestlers should, teaming with the Bucks. Um, <laughs> this is a reformation of their uh, their group, so we're going to see a lot of super kicks here, a lot of I would say flashy stuff, and I would say um, be on the lookout uh, for this trio possibly to kick off like a trio's title or something. Eventually, it's a nice little spot to put Adam Cole in um, wh- while you still have other stuff going on at the top and you don't want to exactly beat him, but you can have the Bucks move over there as well because obviously you don't want there's nothing you're you're not going back to the Bucks with the Lucha Brothers with belts or anything. So like slide them over to the trios, have them them running these six mans out there. And I think that's a that's a great spot for them. So um I saw the double entendre you did and boy you a genius. Like you said a nice little spot for him uh in uh in the trios division if there is a trios title for if for a super click and you, you said for Adam Cole that's a nice little spot like boy you a genius like that like this condescending by saying it's a nice little spot and also you know that man hate being called little like you you evil you a diabolical genius boy you you really do be rapping boy that that was a real bar <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just using the lot the, the logic. So like, no, like, I get I'm it. Just, I agree 100 yeah, percent with you, but yeah. I'm not gonna get. I ain't gonna let you slide on that. You yeah. call that man small, like you know, Miro, Kenny, both heels got it locked up. No really place for him mm-hmm. to go. So mm-hmm. best thing they can do is uh, you know, those those trios rumors always heating up. So um, and, and I think this is the first tip off that the Bucks and Cole are going to be the first trio champions. You heard it here first on one nation radio. Well, I don't um, really care who the, who the, uh, the trio champions are. The first ones are, I just need the division here because like, look at all them fucking factions they have that pays off all of that. Mm-hmm. Or not pays it off, but like it keeps interesting. Like a W um, once the young Bucks became the champ, it turned heel anyway. Like the tag division is kind of, kind of stagnated a little bit um, as far as having a secondary thing uh, that you care about in that tag division. Like, getting the Young Bucks to the trios, like, it gives them more options to to implement Lucha Bros in the Young Bucks slash Cole. So, yeah. 
So um, Christian Cajun, uh, Jurassic Express are teaming up here. Uh, I feel like there is something going on with Jungle Boy and Christian. Uh, Think so? This this goes as far back as like him putting Christian on his shoulders uh, or uh, Luchasaurus putting Christian on his shoulders and Jungle Boy shooting him that look. Um, I don't remember this at all. I must have missed this. Yeah, this was like that Friday. This was like the week after uh, Jungle Boy had his match with Kenny. Um, they had uh, this this week. Jungle Boy was actually speaking into the microphone, and Christian's cutting them off. Uh, there, there's just little things I'm noticing. So, like, I wouldn't be shocked if, like, you know, it pops off one day with those two. So, Jungle Boy's turning heel <clears throat> on Christian. Nah, I would think Christian would be turning. Okay, so. Jungle Boy is jealous of Christian being held up by his bigger friend. And then Jungle Boy gets upset because Christian cut him off because Jungle Boy don't talk almost ever. And well, the he was the, talking. The problem was he was winding down. So, like, if they add those two things up in real life, you would say the person that's gonna you would say was gonna turn heel because they're upset at, over anything would be. Jungle Boy, and I, I don't. I, we'll see how this plays out, obviously. But like, I don't know. May, maybe those are small breadcrumbs that are leading to something. But like, we got to start seeing more if that's actually where they're gonna go. And I don't. I wouldn't break them up necessarily, uh, just yet. Yeah, maybe not yet. But like, just keep your eyes open. Um, then we've yeah, got. They want to be like you. Ain't, you're not my fucking dad. It's like. Thanks. Yeah, but like, I, don't, I don't need you. Real, 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 real. Uh, Really nuanced storytelling, like it's 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 daddy issues again. Thanks, man. That would actually work with him too, because his dad. Stop! 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 Don't <laughs> you, you for the put it? Don't don't put that shit into existence. That would really work. Stop! I don't want to see that shit. You know my dad. Uh, you know I'm trying to show you the ropes. I don't care what your ropes. If you I want some of those ropes, I want edges ropes. Like <laughs> I don't want your advice. Like no, wow. man, I don't want that. I don't want that. We got Deanna J and Penelope Ford. Um, I don't know. This is continuing uh, the bunnies beef with Anna J. Um, it's a list match, but. Um, yeah, I ain't really got too much more for you on this one. Uh, I think Jim Ross would be happy in this match. I don't have any. I don't have anything for you. Match like it's it's the you said it's the bunny, right? No, it's Anna J and Penelope. Oh, Anna J and Penelope. I mean, Penelope's better than the bunny, so like it could be all right. It could be all right. We'll see. Um, we've got an eight man tag. Um, so. At the end of, um, we had a match last week with the Butcher and the Blade challenging the Lucha Bros for the titles. Very creative finish where Pentagon ditches his own mask after he was tied up um, in it. And um, ditches the mask, keeps his face covered. Uh, an elite Lucha skill um, he showed right there to basically save the match um, and get the win for those guys. Uh, the private party obviously ran in, uh, whooped that ass a little bit, and then uh, Santana and Ortiz coming to uh, the Lucha Brothers' aid. Uh, and to me, this was a flashing light that uh, Lucha Bros, Santana and Ortiz feud is coming, uh, but there, there's going to be some mutual respect, and then something's about to happen. But we've got an eight-man tag, Lucha Brothers and Santana Ortiz against private party and the Butcher and the Blade. Uh, if it's me, I'm letting them do a bunch of moves and go crazy and letting Butcher and Blade catch everybody. 
Yeah. Um, I think it's important to get Santana Ortiz on his card. So, um, you know, they're going to go nuts. It's going to be fun. Like, it's, I mean, it's Pentagon and Phoenix and, and Santana and Ortiz together. Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, like private, like private party, you know, I, you know how we always say that, like, uh, or, or a lot of people say that, like, once someone goes to WWE or goes to the main roster, they go into retirement. Like, I almost feel like they've been put into retirement by HFO. But, like, <laughs> if anybody can get them out for one night, it will be those four. So, um, it'll well, be fun. And look, they coming home, too. So, yeah. They, yeah. yeah. So, um, and then uh, the other match we got, the men of the year, Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky with Dan Lambert will be taking on Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. Is there a turn alert here? Uh, oh, I never thought of it, but it could be for, for Hager. And, yep. maybe ha- and, you know, because Hager's not a strong talker. And instead of him being with Jericho, Lambert. now he's with Dan Lambert. Um, MMA. Undefeated. I, yes, but is he a part? He's not in a uh, top team, is it? Top team America, America top team, is he? Nah. Okay, but just for, just for kayfabe, he could be. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe, but like, I think the more likely thing is like you, you get Jericho with a with the big with a big MMA guy versus like uh versus men of the year who are surrounded by MMA guys and it's all tied with MMA guys and whatever else and, and they can win. I mean, maybe. Um, that would be a big angle to top it off, but like, I, do you want to see Jericho versus uh versus Hager? When Jericho and, and as like, no. yeah, I, I'm not really interested in that too much myself. Um, but you know, um, I just got my antennas up, like all this M- MMA stuff, like you know, especially like with the inner circle, like kind of being like you know more spun off and to kind of their own things. Like Sammy's lurking around the TNT title, mm-hmm. um, Jericho and Hager, like they they could like splinter someone off. Um, it's a perfect time to, but um, I, I think I, I feel like Men of the Year like should probably get the win here, and they should beat Hager. Um, I wouldn't cut off their juice like they're just starting to get some, especially with Lambert. Um, what did you think of the segment uh, that they did? Oh, I loved it. And, you know, like, I know you don't like Lambert. I love fucking Lambert. Like, I, he just comes like, up. I like Lambert, but, like, I'm like, I just hate the, like, like you know the talking points I don't like. But um, but his delivery delivery is, like, flawless. And yeah. Like, he's, like, you know. he should, like, he should be a, uh, uh, a best promo candidate for our sh- for uh, What Is Radio, in my opinion. Like, that's how highly I think. Like, I love him coming out here. And, obviously, like, Everyone that's watching AEW, they don't give. A, if you're watching AEW, your professional wrestling fan is like a long time wrestling fan. Like you're what you're, you're not what you don't give a fuck flying fuck about like guys being skinny wimps or not. But like the part where like it is kind of like when um when Cornette talked about the uh the old Ring of Honor CZW feud about like we're gonna talk down to you and it's going to annoy you because you because you know like that exists and like you're gonna feel it's gonna irk you right. And like him talking about like AEW is where they have fake fucking wrestlers that do choreography and they don't lift weight and like take you know get get a clue hit the showers or lift, lift some weights take a shower like when he keeps hitting on that like for me like I enjoy because it's like I like AEW I don't give a fuck what any of these wrestlers really look like um 
But like I know it's gonna I know it's gonna bother some of these people that like that love Darby, love Orange Cassie, love Sammy Guevara, love Jungle Boy, and they're people and they're all look like they're prepubescent, uh kinda. And like people will take that to heart and be like, Man, fuck you. I'm tired of hearing that shit for me. It's like I, I enjoy that it. it's gonna annoy some people. Like, cause it's like ultimately He's gonna get. It, he's gonna. He's gonna end up eating a lot of shit over the next however many how long he does it when he goes up against these guys. Are gonna keep kicking his ass in, and like, I, I think that's a nice role to have. Yeah, because he can uh, lose forever and keep, keeps and keeps on the same. Not necessarily the same point, but like keep on this and like for some reason they don't really trust or trust uh, or maybe they're just adding to it, supplementing um Scorpio Sky's talking because I like Paige's talking. I think he's. I think he's a good talker, but um mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt to add this. Hmm. But yeah, those are the matches. Um, uh, I'm ready. <laughs> it's gonna be fun. I'm fucking ready. Like, like hook it to the veins, strap it up, uh, send it in. Let's go. Uh, it's a big week, and about to, about, it's, it's, it's about to draw some numbers. Okay, numbers. So, how is the? Do we know how the um, the taping process for this is gonna work? Like. Is is um? Are they gonna do? Oh, it's a four-hour show on Wednesday live in person. Right, right, right. But what I'm at, but I guess what I'm asking is, oh, so like what I'm asking is, is the show starting at six or is it starting at eight? Shows gonna start at eight. Okay, so they're gonna actually run the rampage stuff after they're done with Daniel Bryan and Kenny Omega. That's kind of what I was asking because like, yeah, all right, if that's what they want to do, like if it, it, if it were me, I would basically treat that stuff like pre-card stuff i would treat rampage almost like pre-card stuff and then air it before like because i I think these um i think they were now at like three shows in a row for for rampage where like they're they taping they're obviously taping after they go off air on dynamite mm. and it feels like the crowd just like is done or not dumb but like they're not as hot as they were when i was watching them uh i was watching the same the same you know venue or the same show, more or less, like before. Like it's like once they hit ten, and they everyone knew it was ten. Like that, that ten to twelve, like there, or ten to eleven, like they weren't as hot. So that's my concern. Like they gotta either um, record more stuff. Either they need to start doing solo shows for Rampage, or they need to like um, figure out how to record like that hour beforehand um, to keep the crowd interested the whole time. But maybe no. you do the that and you fuck around and you have an empty crowd, you know, or, or, you know, so who knows how they're doing it. But I, I think like the crowds are just like night and day almost, um, on some of them shows. So I think there's something you could do. Like you could do, you, you could, uh, you could add audio to it. I mean, there's <laughs> that. I, I wasn't going to say that, but, um, like they've got six matches scheduled for rampage, right? The only thing is, um, I don't know which one I would put on after. Um, like you could do Paige and Sky and Jericho and Hager before Dynamite, uh, Anna J before Dynamite, Loser Bros and Santana Ortiz before Dynamite, and then do Super Click, CM Punk, John Moxley after. Uh, his three matches. Like you could do that. Yeah. Um, but then again, like you got to swap who, the aprons. Who, I want to know who the shit. I want to know who the person is Tony Khan got to send to uh, send to go tell Jericho he's he has to work he has to work like before they start taping like it's seven like he Jericho be like nah I'm going home bro I ain't doing this <laughs> how fucking dare you this company this company wouldn't have been started if not for me you know like Jericho got to be somebody be like 
obviously Jericho's not as bad as everybody else, but like just based on generational thing, just naturally he that means he is like the worst in the crankiest. So like mm-hmm. I imagine like some of the some of the dudes backstage like you gotta tell this Jericho and he's like, fuck. Alright. Like not because he's terrible, because like compared to everybody else back there, he is the worst. Just relatively speaking. Um Yeah, but that's that's a preview right there, man. Yeah. Um Yeah. Um I uh caught now James, I'm gonna ask you to remove your headphones. Ah, um just wave when you're done. Yep. So the the G one first day was last Saturday. I did not see anything else, but I did see the first day and I gotta say it was not that bad. It was entertaining at a lot of different points. I have enjoyed the Yano match, which is a rarity because I'm largely done with this comedy. However, um, the main event fucking ruled. Um, Suzu- uh, excuse me. Um, it was Tomohiro Ishii uh, versus Shingo Takagi, another in their storied history and their rivalry. Um, I thought. Ishii was incredible. Shingo was incredible. I thought there was a um, there was a late match pumping bomber where I just felt like he fucking killed Ishii. I turned my head to the side and I like damn near like I, like closed my eyes like thinking about how much that hurt Ishii. And um, you know, I know James often talks about Jungle Kiona and being great in defeat, and I'm like, man, I don't know if any, anybody's better in defeat than Tomohiro Ishii. Um, I, I'm somewhere. I'm like I'm, I feel like I'm five stars on the match. Um, it was just another shining example of like how great Ishii is, and they'll never fucking go with him. But I will never quit the agenda, uh, even if Tomohiro Ishii never wins. Um, this is a big statement for Shingo. Uh, Zack Saber Jr. and Tetsuya Naito had an awesome match. Probably one of my favorite matches those two have ever had. Um, I think that Naito was a lot more of a fighter in this match, which I really enjoyed. He ended up submitting to Saber, which was really cool. And Saber's uh, kind of rededicated himself in the gym and, you know, added to his frame. And uh, this was a like the best technical match uh, for sure on the show. Kenta and Yano, lots of comedy on um, both sides. Um, they basically um, were trying to they had a creative finish where um yano uh or was put under the ring by kenta and then rolled out on the other side came up with the um low blow ended up getting the win uh shocking kenta um they also had uh tangaloa against the great okan tangaloa kind of popped me a little bit when he was saying the great who um, this wasn't terrible, but it wasn't really great either. Um, it was okay. And obviously the shock of the first round, Yujiro Takahashi, yes, the Tokyo pimp, uh, defeated Kota Ibushi. And I was kind of shocked. Obviously, the Ibushi uh, uh, won the G1 the last two years. And immediately they're letting you know that is this is not uh, going to be the you know a walk in the park. Obviously, he uh, lost a couple matches last year early. But I feel like it's a it's a different message being shown. I think Yujiro is obviously going to be taking a lot of pins. They had to find something for him somewhere. But uh, this was okay. Yujiro has a million wacky finishers, and then one of them just worked, and the crowd audibly gasped, uh, forgot the rules uh, of the of the clap crowds. But 
I think uh, Obushi tried to make this really great. I think he, you never really believed he was getting beaten until he actually got beat. But some of those near falls were uh, were pretty good, I'd say. And um, it was it was good to see Peter as well. Uh, I hear day two went awesome. There's a great Okada Tanahashi match waiting for me. Um, there's gonna be more New Japan coverage, obviously on keeping it strong style. Definitely check out um, you know that show, but. Uh, I'm going to keep trying to just barrel through as much of the G1 as possible. Uh, I was very negative on the G1 uh, going into it in the preview. I was laughing at some of the blocks, but if they're going to wrestle like this, I think that's, you know, I don't think it's to the quality of your normal G1, but it's more than acceptable, more than enjoyable. Great way to pass the time uh, if you're watching uh, the G1 events. But, um, yeah, that's going to wrap it up. And, you know, yo, yo, yo. Yeah, that's going to wrap it up. I guess there's only one thing left to do, James. So I'm just going to tell you to hit the music. Okay, so, um, yeah, man, they threw a lot of shows at your boy. Um, so, they, last last show we left off at for the Grand Prix was the 9-6 show, the Kirken Hall show that uh, <clears throat> made it ended with Takumi and Tam. So, um, I was behind, so uh, I ended up catching up on, actually, I know I was behind. Um, they dropped those weekend's uh, shows uh, for the uh, September 11th, September 12th. I watched those, and they also had another Cork and Hall uh, last, uh, I think it was Thursday or Wednesday, I can't remember. Um, and I watched that. Um, the homie Sonny is on his job right now. I uh, They had a Cork and Hall um, Monday, today, so like, you know, at like midnight, and it's already up in its entirety. Like, uh, so I have not watched uh, this, you know, uh, this weekend's two shows, the show from Saturday and the show from Monday. Um, what what we will do is uh, when we do the uh, the midweek show to basically update you or give you the preview for Extreme Rules and uh, the starting Grand Prix, we will go through the final three shows of the Grand Prix um, leading into, I'm sorry, uh, the final three shows before the final. So um, that'll be Saturday's show. Um, Monday's show in, I think it's Thursday's show, or whatever else, because it'll all be up, and I'll go through it, and, and then we'll get to that, but now, we're just talking about, like, uh, the September 11th, September 12th, and the uh, September 16th shows, so, um, Rich, what matches did you end up uh, catching? <clears throat> so, I watched at least four of them. Uh, I caught Azumi and Utami, Takumi and Kamatani, Azumi and T- um, Azumi, no, uh, Shuri and Tam and Azumi, hold on. Nope, only three of them. So, okay. yeah. So, uh, I wish he had watched all three of them Azumi matches. Jesus Christ. Like, she's fucking unbelievable. But, um, yeah, so, 
September 11th show, I'm going to give you the rundown of the undercard stuff. It, uh, I had wrote up a thing for the uh, September 11th show, um, and like I had wrote down full breakdowns, whatever else. Like we're going to skim through this, get through this fast. It's three, end up being three shows. So um, on the undercard, you end up having Aspoy. I'm sorry, yeah, you end up having Aspoy versus Rena. Um, and it was it was okay. It was actually pretty good for a sixteen year old versus uh versus uh, someone like Aspoy who's you know seven inches shorter than than uh <laughs> than uh the arena. Uh, but ultimately at the end, Aspoy ended up winning. Uh, then uh, you had Kakuma versus Lady C, which was funny to me because uh Lady C is <laughs> is uh five foot ten and like Kakuma is, is is short and like they're working this match and. You know, uh, Lady C is trucking her at times, and they're doing a monster match because uh, because Lady C is I'm not sorry, Kagumi is is bigger even though she's short. So they're like having like shoulder tackles and stuff, and they're no selling and growling at each other and shit. It is funny, but at the end, uh, Lady C kind of has her on the ropes. Is go you know gets a choke slam, uh, doesn't get the gets the near fall, gets Kaguma up and goes to put her on the uh, top seat center on the top rope to get a get a elevated choke slam kaguma beats her down and then hits a sunset flip and then rolls her through and then does a schoolboy where she turn her she bridges her body over the top of lady c's legs and she's trapped she can't fucking move so she's gonna win and then after she does it she sits there and she finds where the camera is the camera guy is while she's still bridging looks directly into the camera and then does the fucking bare ears pose upside down bridging on her head i fucking howled um lady c is full stunt mode i love to see it um uh then the next match ended up being um tam versus uh waka Walker, Walker, Walker. I'll pause for the future so you can do that every time. So, um, <laughs> it was funny because uh, on Twitter they were talking to each other, and you get you you gotta get the impression that Walker was inspired to come to Stardom uh, because of Tam. Um, what do you mean Walker was inspired by Gucci? So. You can make this. Sh- you can make this segment. This segment of the show go as long as you want it to. It's up to you. It's up to you how you want to handle this. Um, so anyway, um, they were saying some nice things to each other about like how happy they were to uh, wrestle each other. Um, and then Tam posts a picture, a side by side picture of both of them. Is from is Waka's ring gear in her ring gear, and then is uh, Tam from like when she debuted in Stardom in her original ring gear in Stardom, and she like points at the similarities, right? So the match ends up starting, and like Waka go, go, comes out to shake her Tam's hand, and she go gets down on one knee, right? And Tam is like so flattered, and like she takes a knee too to kind of like you know I'm so happy you did this or whatever. They start. So uh, Tam immediately uh, whoops her, whoops her ass, uh, body slams her a few times, kicks her across the back, and then puts her in a camera clutch and work over her back. So so then I, and I wrote this out because I was fucking howling. So then. Uh, the story is because I got this translated because of the gag. I was like, "What? What made this crowd pop this way?" Tam, and while she's in a camel clutch, to ask Walker, "Who do you love? Who inspires you? Who do you want to be with?" You know, because obviously, like the last uh, rookie just came in and immediately asked to be in Cosmic Angel. She's like, "Do you? Do you also? Do you too want to get down with the gang? Do you too want to be part of this money machine?" So, uh, Walker goes, "Cole." She, she, she says, "Cole," and then. Tam cuts off Melee. Or she, or she says, Ka? You know, she says, Cosmic Angels? Cosmic Angels? And she starts looking around nervous. She goes, Konami-san! 
the crowd pops big. Uh, Tam looks shot, and she yanks back on the, on the fucking thing, and she beats her ass, and then at the end she wins. I, I thought it was funny as hell. Um, and then at the end she, you know, uh, like Tam, you know, says some nice things to her in the ring, obviously, and then like Walker's like on her knees, bowing to her like she's a god. I, 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 but it was funny for me. But uh, so then, um. <sighs> The the next match was um Shuri versus my man Shuri beat the living shit out of this woman like I wrote in my notes it looked like Shuri was trying to kick her ribs and head through the floorboards with stomps like damn <laughs> yeah like I sent you a clip of her kicking her you can hear the crowd you can hear like the thuds and then you can hear the crowd the, the clap crowd you can hear them ought to be gasped after every single time she hit her with with the kicks to the back. But she ended up, she, you know, she carried her, but like she took her like eight and a half minutes and, and whooped her ass the whole time. And like, goddamn, like, and then at the end, like she, you know, patted her on the head like a dog, like, like, good job. And I was like, gotta tell you something right now, Shuri, and this is real talk. I wrote this in my notes. If you whoop a dog, if you whoop a dog like that over here, your ass is going to Leaven, Leavenworth Federal Penitentiary. We've seen it. So, uh, I don't know how they treat dogs over there, but boy, 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 you treat, you treat a dog like that, your ass going up. So, um, so then we finally get to the uh, the cork, uh, the uh, the um, five star uh, portion of the show. Uh-huh. Um, it's Fukigen. I'm sorry, it's Death versus Mayu. Man, this match here. I, I wanted to watch it. I, I didn't get a chance to. Okay, so after they do the spot, they they do the spot with the you know the Death Death in the corner. Um, he. Uh, Def convinces the ref to do it and then run into Mayu. Mayu, there's a there's a miss whole big thing at the end. Mayu is a drop kicking the ref Barb. The ref's name is Barb into the uh, into the corner. Um, so then the ref, so he's out of the picture. So then Rena slides in uh, the newspaper. Bops Mayu over the head the newspaper a few times. Puts her in a camel clutch and it tries to choke her with the newspaper. Mayu eventually gets out. Um, then there's more cheating that happens. Uh, and then Rena slides in a chair. Def gets the chair. Mayu stops the chair from, uh, uh, and they start tussling over the chair. Barb, uh, tries to pull the, the chair away. And then in, in, in the tussle, he ends up getting sent flying through the ropes. So Def gets the chair, tries to hit Mayu. Mayu keeps ducking cause, uh, Def has the, has the, uh, aim of a stormtrooper, and then as this keeps happening, Mike he's backing up towards the ropes. So Def goes, reaches all the way back, goes to swing it. Mayu ducks, it bounces off of the top turn, turn off the top rope, and then ricochets right into uh, Def's face. So Def like does this gigantic, you know, spin around twirl before she falls, and then and as before she falls, the the the, <laughs> the chair ends up in Mayu's hands, and by that point in time, the fucking ref Barb gets back to the ring, looks at her down, sees Mayu holding the uh the, the chair, and fucking DQs Mayu. So he's upstairs, that's if I get some fucking dub, awesome bullshit. I was like, I can't believe this fucking match. Uh, yeah, it went like four minutes. So, uh, then we get to. Utami versus Azumi. Um, this match went eight minutes and fifty seconds. I wrote six hundred plus words on this match. This match was fucking awesome. I'm not going to. I'm going to read the first paragraph, then I'll give you the gist of this match. Uh, 
The match started with with the debut of High Speed Utami, LOL. By the end of the uh, by the end of the opening exchange of rope running, slips, slides, cradles, dodges, and ducks, Azumi stands over Utami, who's hanging across the bottom rope, to let her know, "You can't fuck with me with this high speed shit. You're embarrassing yourself. Now stop it and get up." And Utami smiles because she knows Azumi is absolutely right. <laughs> so, <laughs> man, this match was a fucking blast. Uh, they ended up on the outside after doing a bunch of do- dodges and dives. Um, uh, uh, Utami goes to give a um, vertical suplex to Azumi. Azumi uh, stops it and then gives her her own on the mat to Utami. Utami's selling from there. Azumi starts working over the arm. Um, so then there's so then there's a spot where like Azumi goes off the ropes and goes for her Karata and Utami stops her momentum from going up turns flips her around into like elevated german suplex position and then german suplex and throws her six feet in the fucking air and and azumi lands on her head neck and shoulders and i shout in horror and i'm like oh my god you know this was you know what the fuck is you know is this woman dead i don't i don't even know um like there's another sequence of action where like there's a gigantic double foot stomp for it for a near fall and by that point that's when it, after uh Utami kicks out that's when you hear the five minute call and I'm like this has been five minutes I couldn't fucking believe it um Utami goes for another uh elevated uh German suplex uh, uh Azumi gets out of it by literally like doing doing a Kazadora out of it and then arm dragging um Azumi I'm sorry Utami through and then Azumi takes her head off with a buzzsaw kick um, and then the finish basically came off of, um, Utami ends up, I think, I forgot what she lands, but basically she ends up, uh, she ends up hurting Azumi's back, racks her, like torture rack, pulls her down back into that German suplex position, and then German suplex bridge pins her, and I was like, god damn, like, this was, this didn't even go nine minutes, four stars, this match was fucking incredible. Yeah, um, I, I really liked seeing obviously Azumi in there with the world champion. Um, I thought that was a cool, like a uh, glimpse of the future, a future red belt champion down the road. Um, I, I can see in Azumi uh, that opening part. I was aware of what you had wrote about it before I watched it. And then I kind of watched it with that in mind and thinking about that caption would be absolutely hilarious uh, with the cussing. You can't see Azumi say, you can't fuck with me. Um, uh, <laughs> But yeah, I, you know, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with, with what you said. Um, I, so much talent, like as far as like how like experienced both of these um, wrestlers are, can't ask for more. Like the the best developmental system, uh, <laughs> you know, like it, this ain't NAC two point like with with uh Von Wagner. This is not Von Wagner. Um, here, so uh, you know, I I hope they they get to do it again in the future. See, now last year they had a match in because they were in the same block. Uh, last year's Grand Prix, and like I was disappointed because it was a twelve minute three and a half star match. I was like, that was one of those matches where you see it on the on the on the, the lineups when you get the car, uh, you know, the blocks. And you're like, I can't wait to see those two get on. And they, their match was very good, but I was expecting kind of this match. But, mm-hmm. like, they were like, we got something for you, James. We're going to have a way better match in, like, eight, nine minutes. Like, it was incredible. 
Like if they even if if this match had went fifteen minutes, it's a four and a half star match, easy. Like it it was incredible. Probably higher, maybe even higher. Like it it was incredible. Um, but yeah. So next match after that is uh Utami Utami versus not Utami uh um Takumi versus uh Saya. Um, this is probably the best use of Saya. Saya's probably best used in sprint type matches. Um, in in this Grand Prix earlier with Tam and with Azumi, uh, in a couple uh, show that we're going to talk about in this later, like this was the showcase of like, she is better when she doesn't have to really worry about storytelling and she can, she doesn't have to focus on her selling. That can be ridiculous at times and over the top or way too over the top. Uh, like she was in there with Takumi and basically the whole story was like her Karanas versus power bombs. And there were lots of them to be had in this match. I thought the finish in this match absolutely sucked. But before that finish, they were cooking. Um, I, I really enjoyed this match. I think the finish really hurt it. Uh, but, you know, if they ever want to do this again, I'm I'm down. Like, you know, um, if you can keep, if you can just have basically a video game wrestling uh, Kamatani at, uh, wrestling these matches, you got some. Uh, I think that's, that's her biggest strength right now, um, I, I believe. Yeah, um, I like this match. Uh, the finish was what it was. I figure like that's just a way of them making points work. Uh, it was a certain way, and it, but um, it was also ridiculous how they were fighting out there. Like, okay, you get Takumi gets uh, Kamatani up and is going to running through power bomber on the ballroom floor or the hotel yeah. ballroom floor. Like, come on! And then I decided and, to and, call and then, her running. And then uh, yeah, uh, Takumi. I'm sorry, uh, Kamatani turns it into a Hurricane Rana, which moves them further away from the ring, and then they're they're brawling, they pretend they don't hear the the, crap, the the count until they get to 18, and then they try to sprint, and as they sprint, each of them are trying to stop one from getting into the ring for the other, and then both can count, I was like, fuck off, I, I hated that with a passion. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> it was funny, they did the double count out, it was like, man, we didn't give y'all too many draws, so we gotta do it a different way, you know? <laughs> Um, I mean, beats the time limit draw 20 minutes. You get done yeah. in like 15 or so, or 13. Um, I, I'm now calling the uh, the running three, the running Iverson now. <laughs> Why? By the, way, the, the, the three, you know, <laughs> and like, you know, you know, the running, running Iverson. Yeah, know. so, like, and don't get me wrong, like, this match no, is... I, it, was, it was really good. Yes, yeah, like, this match that. is a... Like, this, yeah, this match is a this match challenges for four stars. I wouldn't give it four stars, but like if someone were to say, yeah, I, I gave it four stars, I'd be like, oh, okay. But you know, yeah, like, lots of hard kicking, lots of tassels flying everywhere. Yeah, uh, this is a tassel all star match, right? <laughs> yeah, here. it was. I didn't think about that, but you're right. Um, and, and I feel like this is like your uh, this is like your match that Saya Kamatani gets better from. Uh, it's not just her running through the motions. I think. Um, I think it's like you know she. Takumi's a bad motherfucker, so yeah. like you gonna had to like, and, and she's not about to come out here and you know be all be all pretty with it, you know, to, to say the least. Like she gonna kick you in your fucking chest and chop you, and you gonna have to stand in there and, and see if you bought that life. And yeah. uh, I think Saya was. Yeah, like I would. I don't know if you did, but I've already. But I I would suggest that you go back and watch uh, Night. Night one, her versus uh, her versus Shuri. I think you'd love that match. Um, Shuri versus to, uh, versus uh, Kamatani. I watched that. Okay, like that's yeah. that might be my favorite singles Kamatani match. Um, yeah. But yeah, so 
uh, then the main event in this man in this uh, show, Hameka versus uh, Momo. When I first saw this main event, I was like, why? Uh, but this match was damn good. Like, uh, not damn good, like great. Like, I gave it four stars. Um, this is the best Hameka match, singles match I've ever seen. Um, her and Momo basically like it was is basically kicks and feet versus uh versus fists and forearms and <laughs> and uh lariats and they played off of it so well there's parts where um you know they're ducking underneath uh you know kicks and, and lariats and then one setting up for a for a move and the other one blocks it with you know uh like Hameko block a kick with uh you know that that gigantic swinging block that Ishii does whatever else with the forearm. Mm-hmm. Then later, like there's a part where like Hameka gets desperate and she goes to try to take uh to counter it last second, tries to take off uh Momo's head who's charging at her with a with a forearm and Momo sees it and hits a running kick right into that arm and takes her arm off and like p- holding on, fighting with power bombs and like a you know, there's one spot where like uh Hameka get hoist up Momo to try to finish the match and lifts her up high for like a last ride power bomb and Momo escapes and then drops it like with the fucking meteora on top of her for a deep Rana cradle like and it, it was it was really fun like I I mean it was the best it's the best I've uh, ever seen Hameka uh perform in the ring and like they both I mean they told a story like it started they both were working over each other's backs um uh, throughout the match before they started just like hitting the you know, so before the bomb started flying like it was a really fun match uh i ended up going um i may have even gone four and a quarter i'm not sure but i probably I, but I at least went four i it went 16 minutes it was it, like it bell to bell like the action wasn't as like ridiculously hot as takumi in uh kamatani or uh the Azumi Utami match, but like it told a better story. It flowed. It was no abrupt weird finish or whatever else, and, and it had like a decisive winner. Like I, I, it, I enjoyed that. If you like trick American professional wrestling more, like this fits your this, this this more fitting. Like the other ones were just more or less like video, like just sprints. Brought you like it, the NFL blitz of professional wrestling. Uh, so uh, the next show after that was the uh, September twelfth show. And I have to go back to uh, look at my uh, to grab the uh, lineup for that, so I can give you the rundown for that. So um, the undercard, I'm just gonna blast right through real quick. Utami ended up squashing or not squashing, ends up beating up Lady C after carrying her for a little bit. The match was actually decent. Uh, Mina versus uh, Walk Up. This match was a mess, um, but Mina ended up winning at the end. Uh, and then uh, Nasipoi versus uh, My Sakurai. Nasipoi hates Tam. This is Tam's new young girl. She's she's uh she is she is, uh my goes for the high for the you know the double hand handshake for the match. Uh Nats boy walks up to her and acts like she's about to give her the high five. Nope, double slap across the face, ring the bell. Uh and then Nats boy, you know, has her way with her pretty much in, until she wins. Uh throughout the match, like she's taunting her, stomping her, and then like she's doing her pose, like the I don't know a better uh explanation for for my pose other than it, it looks like the it it looks like the definition of look back at it. God damn it! <laughs> I can't. You come up. I'm gonna. I'm gonna see you a gif of it, and then you tell me if if I'm if I if you can come up with something better than, than my looking back at it. I don't know what to say, but whatever. Um, that's point of winning. So then you end up getting into the uh, the uh, Grand Prix uh, matches, and uh, Takumi ends up. Let me go through this one quick. Takumi carried. Uh, Roaka for eight minutes. I don't know why does it need to go eight minutes. Maybe you know, obviously Roaka for sixteen. I think she's. I think she's. You know, pretty good. 
Uh, I think that she has a, a long ways to go. She's not like her 16 is not Starlight Kid and Azumi and Hazuki 16 in Momo mm. 16. Just not, but it's not the Bunny 16 either. I look. I don't know what three and a half star match you ever seen Rock uh, have the Bunny have, but I seen Rock have one of them. So I was saying the Bunny got a different 16. Oh, you know? okay. yeah, 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 yeah. 16 yeah. years. Yeah, you know? yeah. 16 years is biz. So. So, uh, so, uh, so yeah, but, uh, to come in and win, like, I think it was, I think I may give it two and two and two and three quarters. Like that's one of the, I think I'm only giving like three or four matches under three stars. And it's like, this thing is like consistent, consistently good matches. You're never like left, like looking at your clock or looking at your phone. Like when is this going to wrap up? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, continuing on, um, Momo versus Kaguma. Really good match. Uh, probably like three and a quarter. Probably like three and a quarter above average match, or be- better, a little better and good. Uh, uh, Momo ended up winning. I forgot how, but she ended up winning. Uh, then you get Tam versus versus Azumi. Uh, and man, like the high level of uh, difficulty for a twelve minute match between those two, with like trying to get Tam, who is not the most athletic in the world, to like basically wrestle in essence, a high-speed mash with more of her Tam, you know, storytelling and drama and selling involved in it, but, like, uh, it was still great. I ended up going um, three and three quarters on it, but the match, if they had, if Tam had been a little more spot-on on, on, like, two things, I could see people, like, giving it fours left and, a full-out four left and right, Uh, Mm -hmm. but I ended up going, um, I ended up going, um, three and three quarters. Like I ended up watching it back twice. And I was like, wait, huh? But, uh, it ended up being better on the second watch, but it's not the point. Um, so, uh, yeah, just really, I would say go back and watch this. And there's more, more of the thing. It was like, why the fuck is Azumi? Like, like right now at this point, we where we are watching the show. Like by the end of this, end of this review, she will be one in five. And you're like, y'all had to put her, y'all like looking at what she's doing or in these three, in like these three shows, like she should have been on the other block with like, at least six points. Like it made no sense to put her in. Obviously you put her in there to have the matches because she's so fucking good. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you just watch her wrestle and you're like, she's going to have like one of the three, four five best average star ratings in this, in this tournament, but she's going to be one in five. What the fuck? Um, whatever. Or probably two in, she'll probably end up in, in like two and seven or some shit like that. Whatever. Uh, but yeah, really, really awesome match. Um, and Tam, Tam actually, uh, gives her respect. Doesn't pin her with the jerk with a regular tiger suplex. Pins her with the, uh, her super finisher. Uh, so yeah. Uh, then you end up getting um, Shuri versus uh, Unagi. Really like this match. Um, end up giving three and a half stars. It is a progression of the two matches they've had prior, where you know back at the beginning of the year, like Shuri destroyed her and said, "You're you're you're like you're a million miles away, but you got heart, kid." And then um, before the Grand Prix, they had a singles match, and. Shuri was Shuri felt Unagi and like it was and Unagi like she was like she you can see the progression but then at the end like Shuri just punk kicked her face off and then it went on a knockout and it was like I thought it was like brilliant booking like you showed progression from one match before to the next one and then at the end like the the better wrestler just basically said I'm ending this shit now um <laughs> and in this match it was more of a, it was actually a, a, the first ever competitive, 50, you know, 50, 50 ish or 60, 40 match. You want to say between those two. And at the end, Shuri ended up winning. And then, um, Shuri ended up getting up, uh, Unagi and they had this big hug or whatever else. And then like, you can see the like, Unagi or, uh, 
Shuri had a lot of um had a lot of effort in these matches in this story between those three as an undercard thing. Like you can you can see that with like Shuri Nunagi um on the like on these road two shows. You can also see it with like um Julia in Roaka or Julia and Starlight Kid were like the Donna Del Mondo members, even though they're, you know, they stay, you know, they're way up there above everybody else as far as the faction, as far as staying protected. Like, they get into these things with some of these younger uh, girls and, like, they have no problem selling and putting over their shit, but they're going to win at the end. So, I, so it's really cool. Um, so, uh, the main event of this match of this show was uh, Kamatani versus Micah. Um, it was a lot like their uh, Cinderella tournament final. Um, I th- The finish was abrupt. Like, uh, Saya didn't win with a Phoenix Splash or anything as big as that. Like, she won with a Flash Rana Cradle, which is gonna become a running gag almost in this tournament. Like, it's almost... You know how you talked about how someone has, uh, someone comes across a new finisher and that changed their their kind of outlook in the tournament? Mm-hmm. I think I think that kind of what happened with, with, um, with Kamatani. Like, she lost the first two matches, those first two pay-per-view matches to Shuri and Unutami, and then, like, she's like, what am I gonna do when I face Tam? I got it. Flash Rana Cradle. And then she's like, I don't think she's beating anybody that's from what out the flash around a cradle. And it's like, it don't matter if you're 16. It don't matter if you're, you're my rock, my career rival. I'm just going to use it and I'm going to win. Um, and, and it's worked for, her. I think, you know, I feel like if that is her going to be her thing, she needs to not do it five times in a match with, with, uh, Takumi, but whatever. Um, she'll, she'll it, learn. It felt like she was getting closer. She was <laughs> a sneaker like the whole time in that one. Yeah, um, I think over time she'll learn how to just like realize like that's my th- I need to save that kind of like how you know Azumi saves Azumi Su- Sushi or Hazuki would save the Lamai straw. So mm-hmm. um, once she figures that out, she'll be there because she like she has. A, I, I I'm liking her more and more when watching this tournament. Um, obviously she's in there with some of the best wrestlers in the world, but like she's I mean she's holding her own. Uh, so then that was so that was the end of so I'm sorry by the end of that match, uh, um, Kamatani said like you know. I think she could, I think she just at this point in time even the career series with Micah uh in singles matches I think they're not two and two um but she said like don't take your eyes off me she said she's a top she's she's a point leader for uh the for the blue block right now with nine she's wrestled she's wrestled all her matches but she's she has nine uh, or she ends up with 11 by the end of this uh review but uh yeah so next match next show after that is the cork and hall show uh July not July September 16th um and I've overstepped where I was looking at. All right, yeah, here we go. So, undercard stuff. Hannah beats Lady C. It was funny. Sixteen-year-old is five, t- just tall, tall Joshis that are like inexperienced and goofy, and it's almost like they're g- two, two like gazelles almost that like just learn how to walk. But it was okay. It wasn't a disaster. Lady C and uh, and Hannah like that. We'll see where this is in four years. Um, <laughs> Starlight Kid versus uh versus Waka. Walker. <laughs> so Starlight Kid, like she was really invested in having a good match with Walker, and like for her to do it, she basically had to do all the, a lot, almost all the work. But it ended up being a fun match uh, for what it was. Uh, so she ended up getting she, the win. So like the bad guy, she did it herself. God damn it! <laughs> so, now I'm expecting to see bad, bad guy, bad influence for Star, Starlight Kid. Hey, uh, oh my she god, she is a bad influence so, now. Anyway, uh, Starlight Kid ended up working over her back and then them slapping on a clip, uh, her Texas Cloverleaf to get the win or the ta- on the tap out. Uh, Hameka versus Mai, my God. Like, I don't know what happened, but by the end of it, like, 
there were some hard shots and big boots and, and clubs and in um in sliding lariats. And at the end, Hameka won and did not look happy and stormed and seemingly stormed out of uh Cork and Hall. It, it, it looked like it got a little sniff. Like I love Sniff. I, I mean, I don't know what happened between those two, but like we know who's supposed to win that match. But it, it's just, <laughs> but the right person still won. But it was funny. Um, so uh, then you get to the uh, Grand Prix ma- Grand Prix matches: Nesboy versus Saki. I, I just inserted the um, the bad guy, bad influence video in the One Nation Radio Discord uh, and put Starlight Kid underneath just to let y'all know who <laughs> I am associating Starlight Kid with now. Oh my god. So Bad uh, guy, she break the law. Ain't got no rubber shoes. Stop. stop. Yep, Please yep. stop. <laughs> so, uh, um, so, that's the point versus uh, Saki. Um, this match is okay. Like it, it went like five minutes in uh, they were more or less like trying to see who could mock each other more. Like Natsupoi would do Saki things, Saki thing, Saki would do Natsupoi things. Um, ultimately at the end, Natsupoi's beginning to win with uh, I watched this this morning. And he remember what they, she won with, but but she won. Um, then you end up getting uh, Momo versus Mina. This is a fun match. Uh, I thought that I th- I. Th- think i think i like their their match from the um the april pay-per-view more but this is still like a threat for for or still like a three and a half star match uh, mina and momo work really well together um I, I mean momo's great obviously but like mina she it feels like a lot of um like she doesn't have to um I don't know. I, I I don't know, but they just work really well together. They have really good chemistry. I guess is the best way to put it. Uh, but uh, by the end, Momo ended up winning with a peach uh, a peach bomb. The the memo she ended up hitting on Mayu, where she you know instead of dropping her back into German, she or the pump handle German, she flips her forward on her back. Uh, um, next match after that, Kamatani versus Azumi, and boy, this is Rich Lad of pro wrestling. Like, if Rich ever wanted a match from starting to be on some PWG shit, this was it. Um, flips, or, or flips and dives of each other, counters, rope running, ducks and dives and slips, and and everything, and man, like... Yeah, I, I didn't get to this one, but I meant to. They're fucking good. Like... <laughs> It's fucking great. This is like the third time I got to say it on the show. Like, she's fucking great. Eight minutes. Uh, I ended up giving this three and three quarters. Like, I, I, I they're, they're just, they were dynamite. Like, this is like, like, it almost was like watching like an eight minute version of the Joshi version of like what would be like Osprey versus, uh, versus Ricochet mm-hmm. from that, from that one, uh, I think it was Best of Super Juniors. Like, yeah, yeah like, you're not, there's not a many Joshi that do flips and dives and fly, flying around and these two, Added all added a good amount of that like not crazy stuff like it wasn't you know off the charts stuff like it wasn't exactly all spray but no, a lot I, of stuff I know, was I know they working from a from an athleticism deficit at times but you know <laughs> I know they do their best. I, well, I ain't talking about that. I just been like as far as like compared to in in the realm of wrestling that they come from, where like you you watch these Joshi, a lot of Joshi matches and they feel like you're watching like wrestling twenty years ago, but like it's just hard hitting and everything right. Like, as far as like what they did in these eight minutes, it felt like like a jump forward. Like someone's gonna watch. 
you know, I hope someone watches this and like gets inspired to like then like take it forward in the Joshi realm from what Azumi and and um and Kamatani are doing right now. Like obviously, like I'm not saying she that she's like either one of them are Minami Toyota as far as a revolutionary, uh, but like they're just doing stuff that you just don't see in Joshi in the spot and getting the spots in the ring that you normally don't. You, if you watch a lot of Joshi, you're not accustomed to really seeing that often. Uh, mm. So it was cool. Um, oh yeah, in in uh, running uh, running theme, Kamatani was with a with us Flash Rana Cradle. <laughs> uh, so uh, Takumi versus Unagi. Takumi. This this reminded me of like uh, the early Shuri matches that that Unagi would have, where like she's holding on for dear life, trying to trying to fight. It's almost like watching Rocky and Rocky One, fighting the best, and you fight her fighting the best in the world, and you got to hold on. And there was one where like uh, they had a, they were having a brawl back and forth with forearms, and then uh, Takumi hit a rolling uh, forearm, and then like it dropped, or no, it staggered and dropped back. Uh, Unagi and Unagi went to fire up to go to swing, and when she went to swing, she collapsed. Like it was, it was, it was fun. Um, it, it, this was like one of the weaker um, Takumi matches on the that she's had in tournament, but like it was, it was Unagi. Like if we start taking out Unagi and Roaka out of this out of this tournament, it's like an average rating there. You'll be you'll be like, damn, all these people are damn near at four. Uh, but yeah, this is like a end up giving this three and a quarter. Like I'm looking at the cage match, people have this at three and a half. I I just didn't like it as much, but it it was mm. still a good match. Uh, so then you get uh Mayu versus Kaguma, and Mayu <laughs> Mayu basically said, like I'm just going to do anything my mat and and I'm my power to get Kaguma over to with as far as her her offense looking dangerous. Um, there was a spot where uh like Mayu like. She took a high angle German, which is like on her neck, and you know those look brutal. Um, <laughs> she took, she ends up, they ended up out on the floor, uh, and Kaguma's on the floor, grabs her in a in a front face lock, and then like tornado DDTs off of the apron, and instead of going into the mat, like she DDT'd Mayu's forehead into the into the metal guardrail. I was like, what the fuck are y'all? And that was on, it wasn't on, on accident. That was on purpose. Like, they were, Mayu said, hey, swing off of, grab me, swing off of the apron, and then send me into um, the guardrail and just bash, bash her right into her forehead, right into the fucking metal. And, like, uh, by the end of that, they ended up having a double count out. But I was like, God damn, like, you, you ain't got to do this no more, Mayu. <laughs> Why are you like this? Yeah, this, I ended up giving this match uh, three and three quarters. Uh, like, I understand that, like, she's not in the beat, she's not in the blue block, but, like, she she's, had a, she's had a number of matches that makes you, like, almost feel like she's trying to compete with Shuri, who's ha- literally, like, I- I've given four, I've given all but one of her matches, uh, four stars. She, she, so she's, like, eight for seven right now, right? It feels like she's almost trying to compete with knowing that she's, like, behind the eight ball, like, and it's like, damn, you, 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 you gotta stop. You gotta stop. You gotta stop. Like, obviously, I'm being selfish. I'm trying to say, hey man, I, I, don't fuck yourself up before you get to this tan match. But still, like, oh, 
You know, the agenda's at play. Oh, yeah. The agenda's definitely at play. I need this match. I need this match. So, um, yeah, uh, semi-main event, Konami versus Utami. Uh, Konami attacks Utami while she's up in the ropes, uh, still with the mask and the uh, and her uh, jacket on. Uh, they end up technically fighting, uh, technically wrestling. Uh, Utami uh, targets Utami's arm, which I think are the best matches when Utami's arm is hurt. She's one of the best arm sellers in the world. I've said this multiple times. Um, Utami's powering through with power stuff, suplex or whatever. Um, Konami ends up hitting a, a springboard. Uh, Enziguri reminded me of Arisa Oshiki. Um, just, just awesome stuff. A, uh, Konami gets a Kimura, gets fight, gets multiple arm bars, fights for the ropes, and then by the end, Utami uh, gets uh, has the match seemingly won, gets her up for a uh, a, a, a black a, a BTM black tiger bomb, and then Konami escapes and gets the inside cradle and gets the win. This, uh, Konami has beaten uh, Utami, Shuri, and Takumi all with roll ups. In this tournament, um, so she, you know, before they were tuning her up and warming her up to gi, um, with uh, you know a, a fifteen minute draw with Tam and a fifteen minute draw with Utami before the tournament. Uh, they're putting her in there. She's beating the, she's beating three of the four you know heavy hitters in the block. Um, they are clearly setting her up for a title defense for whoever is red belt champion at the end of the year. Like whether that's whether that's Takumi, whether that's Shuri, whether it's Utami. She's gonna get a title shot on pay per view at some point um, at the end of the year. By the end of the year, so really happy for that. They've they, they've been they've been gearing up towards this whole time. Right now, I think she's at uh, I forgot where she is. I think she might be at like second place or soon to, or I think she might be second place in the block right now. Uh, so then you end up getting uh, Shree versus Tam, and man, they just emptied the gun and they had like a 12 minute version of the pay-per-view match they could possibly have. And it was fucking fantastic and dangerous and scary. And like they're punk, like they, at the end of it, after, you know, suplex each other on the apron and having sure you roll off and melt to the floor and, and all types of stuff. Like Tam gets so fed up with like <laughs> trying to deal with Shuri that <clears throat> she fucking, uh, while Shuri's on her hands and these punk kicks, uh, Shuri's head off, doesn't get the pin. And then by the end, Shuri returns favor and punt kicks her head off and ends up dropping her with Emerald Frosion. Uh, but in between, in, in, in between time, in the meantime, like, just excellent fucking wrestling. It just went 12 minutes. I end up going um, four and a quarter on I love this match. Like, they, like, this block, <laughs> this block is fun. Like, I just, I wonder, I wonder how much better the block would be if they all had the, all had that block to themselves, like how the G1 is, where it's like, you run your five matches, and you, and, and, and you know red block y'all want y'all five matches good fucking luck but mm-hmm. in the time frame of the matches they've gotten like whether it's nine minutes at times sometimes whether it's 12 minutes whether it's 13 minutes whether it's 10 minutes like they are going to give you a great match for whatever time they got in like they're just you know not like just almost like the most efficient brutal brutally efficient wrestling you could possibly see like all these matches go like nine to eight to 12 minutes and they're just like fucking bangers and like you know, I don't know how many of these you want to rewatch, but like these these will hold up for a few years on rewatch because they're just like brutally brutally efficient and make the most of their time. Yeah, um, you can watch a number of these matches in short succession. Like, yes, um, which is always welcome, especially in contrast to um, you know other <laughs> companies. You know, um, you know. <laughs> is is it is it is it potentially a uh, 
the mill, the, the, the mill subdivision of uh, professional wrestling in, in uh, Bushiroi you're talking about? Yeah, yeah you know. Shocking. I, I, never, I had never heard of these differences. I'm, I'm, I was completely unaware of such a thing. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, You you know, watch this match, right? Yeah, yeah, I I watched it. Um, Sar dropped him on her head at the end, the Emerald Flosion, and I was like, man, I'd like to see them run it again. Yeah, man. Um, So uh, you know, I was gushing about Azumi um, as far like I had wrote like in the end of my sixteen, my six hundred word things like Azumi turns. After basically going through the talking about the highlights and whatever else, and like she had a four star eight man match, a twelve minute three and three quarter star match, and another uh, three and three quarter star match, like back to back to back, um, in basically like a six day span. Seven, sorry, uh, no, a five day span. This woman is eighteen years old. She turns nineteen, I believe, on October first. She might be the best mid card wrestler, pure mid card wrestler. Going. Um, like who? Who else are we saying? Hey, you don't get fit. You're never getting 15 minutes. You're never. You're almost never going to be in the summer main event. And deal with it. And per, and the wrestler says, "All right, boss," and goes out and goes get goes and get 40. I would say Ishii, but even he sniffs main events. Time right. To time. Right. That'd be the only one I think. Um. Yeah. Um. So she when she turned nineteen, you said in a couple in oh uh ten days, in ten yeah. days she turns nineteen. So we probably got like a year left of her before retirement. Then oh, still, still stop this shit. Stop this shit. I I I need I need five to six years of this. I I need I need her at the top of the card in the stardom and in this Bush Road era on pay per views. I need that. Like, I think Shuri has cemented herself as someone deserving of being a candidate for uh, for best in-ring performer on the One Nation Radio Awards this year, given this run she's had, she's having. And then, like, what's left, what's, what next is left is, like, Takumi on the final night. Um, and then, you know, if she wins, that means she gets Utami in the, in the, um, on the pay-per-view. The, uh, the One Osaka Nation Radio's own matchup right, right there. Right, You know. Like so, I think she's you know given the title match, the tag match she's had this year with uh with Julia the um the match with Utami early in the year, her SWA title match with uh with Azumi from uh, February. Like she has a she has just a she has I think she probably has more four star matches than anyone else uh, that we that we cover um this year. But um. Like this, like you said before, like this company's fucking loaded with talent. Like, just loaded. Yep, anywhere you want to look, yeah, like up and down. Like they've that that budget has been good to them, um, and they're the big game in town. Like, yeah. and they're gonna keep getting talent. Like it, people gonna have to live with it. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. Like the, the y'all like the other Josies, the smaller people, the smaller companies. Like everybody gonna have to had to bow down. Like. Like they say, bow down to the queens. Like when the <laughs> queens Queens Quest group comes out, like, hey man, you can have your problems with the company. Um, but at the end of the day, you know they're importing Takumi to come to stardom. At the end of the day, like no, but the thing, but you can't even say that though. You can't even say that. 
Like, Takumi trained, graduated, and debuted in stardom. Like, I was actually, um, when, who was it? When Jeremy, Jer- uh, Jeremy LeBoy in our Largo Loop thread posted a thing about, uh, someone, somebody shooting, I went to go, uh, type in the, I went to go look at the Yushiko shoot video at from 2015, and I forgot about this, right? That click that, um, that 2014 to 15 click that Yushiko was in before she, uh, left, that click had EO, Mayu, Takumi, Yoshiko, Hazuki, and Azumi. Yeah, they're rolling deep. That's like the Wu Tang. That was that was a faction. That was just a faction. Like obviously, you know, Hazuki was still in high school, and so was um in shit. Uh, Azumi probably like twelve. Azumi was yeah. Azumi was like twelve or thirteen or some shit. But like that was. But that's still like look at that look look at that when people talk about like they, they you know they they post ta- or they're posting talents like they're bringing in they're bringing in like from Tokyo Yoshi Pro like Nasu Poi was a mid Carter Unagi was a rookie um, Mina was an import from some lingerie uh, uh, fed that before the end of Tokyo Yoshi Pro was at the bottom was a prelimer um love Mina yeah so it's like. Julia, Shuri, sure, sure, sure. But Julia, but but Shuri was a freelancer. Julia mm-hmm. was an ice ribbon. Julia would get title shots. I would, I, but I don't necessarily. But I don't remember her being considered a main eventer in ice ribbon. I think she was upper mid Carter. Like they had my, they had Maya Yuki. They had uh, um, Risa, not Risa Sarah. Uh, they had yeah, Risa Sarah, and they had uh, Suzu Suzuki and uh, Sukasa Fujimoto, who were like the top four stars in Ice Ribbon before. Hey, um, they got to go where it's hot. They they got to go where it's hot. And Bushi Road is hot, or excuse me, Stardom is hot um, at the moment. Um, can't say all Bushi Road's property is hot at the moment, yeah. but um, it's just like. In in America, like it's a talent race. Like I probably feel like it's a talent race there as well. Like, it is. Or, so like, it is. Look, Natsumi Maki. Not a, look from Ice. Uh, from originally from At Rest Girls. Uh, and also, um, like I said, Mina. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, Stardom has. I I feel like personally, like the people they've added with like. Mina, Unagi, Waka, and uh, and Mai, like, that is more or less like, hey, we, you know, we didn't really have a rookie class the last couple years. Like, our last real rookie, our last real rookie class, like, the 2019 class with both Desaias. Mm-hmm. Like, 2020s, we only draft, we only got one that graduated. That's Lady C. Like, we don't really have, you know, like, we're bringing in people to come job for us, and then eventually they'll be good in, like, two years. Mm-hmm. I've really, you know, like in, like I think the Julia thing is like the thing that people like just lose track on. Like the Julia one is the actual only one, really so far. Like not say that like things might not change. Like and if, quite frankly, like if you want to bring in Arisa Nakajima or if you want to bring in Sariano or uh, anybody else that can fit that mold, bring them in. I don't care. Um, but I just, I just like I, I. I'm just like I treat it like people they treat it like the WWE and I'm like I don't know about all that like 
The problem with WWE isn't that like uh, they're evil because they read out talent. The problem is that they, they, the problem is that like they get all all that talent and then they don't do shit with them. And and their wrestling stinks uh, a lot of the time. Like that ain't happening with Stardom. They're not it, like if they if WWE was like up working at like the mass. Like let's do this. If Tony Khan was booking WWE, we're not talking about this before. W if Tony Khan was booking WWE, WWE would be fucking awesome too. That's really what it comes down to. It wouldn't break it all up into sub-brands where people can't wrestle each other for years and years and all this dumb shit. Probably not. They probably wouldn't have feuds uh, that go on for like six months and then like two years later, like they have another feud and then like they pretend like whatever happened before never even, never even thing that happened. It resisted. And then like in other cases, they will pretend like it did exist. So like, yeah. 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 So, I mean, it's, look. This is drive-by real quick, uh, WWE. Catch this drive-by. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I think that's a lot of like when people talk about when you go to the Voice of Wrestling Discord, you see people or you see people on Twitter lose their minds about like I can't believe the Kumia Roja is beating Unagi and, you're, and because like Unagi spent a hard year in WWE. You sent me this, Rich. That's why you made a feather. Who said that? You sent me yeah, this, like right, uh, early, right. like yeah. bro. Takumi graduated from the dojo in like 2013 or 14. Yeah, I I saw a couple of those, that that person's tweets and I was like, bro, what? You're off the res. Yeah, like I. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. Like, think about what the, you're typing. The the, the, in, the incoming potion Takumi Roja that has like 30 more career matches in stardom than than Unagi. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And not even that. She's fucking Turkumi Roja. Like, yes. Yeah. Like, like yeah. she's an ace how, level star. Like, what how are you saying? How dare, <laughs> Rich, how dare they bring in <clears throat> one of the 35, 40 best wrestlers in the world unquestionably <laughs> bro, <this laughs> to the tournament like, and, then beat a, and then beat a prelimer? How dare they, Rich? Bro, this That's disgusting. Me of like, Why like, don't they when, stop? This reminds me of when people were up in arms about like Kenny Omega squashing Sunny Kiss. I'm like, who fucking cares? It's Sunny Kiss. Who cares? And I'm not saying Unagi's is like low on the totem pole of Sunny Kiss, but it's the same relative like talent gap. Like, <laughs> oh man. Oh well, I don't know, man. Like if you like if you can't enjoy what what I've been watching, if you're watching it, I don't know what to tell you. I don't. I would say we'll find enough another promotion that's as easy and breezy as fun as this one. It's like, bro, that her, that their uh that show that last show we reviewed, right? I like that's four and a quarter, four stars, three uh three and three quarters or three. And, I'm sorry, I, I, whatever. Basically, all these matches are like three and a half to four stars, and it's like five matches in a row. What are we? What? Yeah, man. I, I I think people have this distinct box of what they want. Yeah, yeah. And none of the B, and if it's not that box, like yeah. they have trouble with yeah. it. And none of these matches went fifteen minutes. Like that's the thing. Like this, this is brutally efficient wrestling at the peak of it. I don't think I've ever seen no shit like this in any promotion. Like maybe New, New Japan should start having these matches. Say, hey, Okada, Shingo, Naito. You want to go twenty? You want to go twenty-seven tonight? Nah, fifteen. What you got? Fuck that money clip. <laughs> right. Let, let's see what happens. It's not going to make for a worse watch, guaranteed. Right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, is there anything else, or that's in the, the show? 
Nah, that's the end of the show. Yep. Oh, I think we got something. Nope, nope, nothing else. But uh, <laughs> thank, thank everybody that joined us live in the stream. I'm gonna like try to pop these streams up uh, on my Twitch. You can just follow uh, Twitch TV or just search, just type in Rich Light on Twitch, and <clears throat> it will be here Monday nights. And just uh, watch for the links when I send them out, and you can listen to the show live. Yeah, uh, thanks for listening, y'all. Uh, be sure to rate us on whatever app you're, or Twitch you're using to listen, <laughs> you're losing, listen to this with. Uh, um, go to our Red Circle page and drop us off with a donation. Uh, hardworking people here, One Nation Radio. Um, and by people, I mean two. Just be rich. Uh, uh, be sure to check out ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex to pick up some official Social <coughs> Suplex Network merchandise. Um, Olds on Top, One Nation Radio, Rick and Clyde Wrestling Show, Keeping a Strong Style, all that. Um, check the clips. Yeah, check the clips. Rich will be posting up. I'm, I I don't know if he's going to post and clip me like shitting on the rest of the Joshi scene. I hope not, but we'll see how this goes. James <laughs> shits on the rest of Joshi. <laughs> like, I don't know. Look, I, don't, I, I don't know what I'm going to clip yet. Look, I could have. Rich, I could have went out there and talked about the motherfuckers that are talking about Tokyo Doshi Pro and Gato Move and, and you know our, our better promotions and stardom, but I, I didn't even do that. I didn't even do that. I didn't even get into that. That's later this year. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially when that voice of uh, that uh, wrestling Mikasa come out and I got to hear them two or two of them three and John only wants some damn sense talking about yeah, you know best best area performer Suzuki. Suzuki. She's really good. She's really fucking good. You thought she you thought she was out here having like. Four three quarter start matches. No, no. So what are you doing? Okay. Anyway, that's not the point. So, um, yeah. Uh, also check out those shows on network. This show, One Nation Radio, Tuesdays, Keeping It Strong Style. Wednesdays, The Rick and Clyde Wrestling Show. Every other Wednesday, Grumman and Watch This Shit. Thursdays, The Great Consequences Podcast. Fridays, Eight Bit Suplex. Saturdays, All Things Elite. And Sundays, The Great Match Generator. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later. Peace. <laughs>